It's not as if she were a, a maniac. A raving thing. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Haven't you? It's Heather, and this is Wednesday Wine and Horror. And I hope that you are all wide awake. Do not fall asleep because this week's episode is going to be a dreamy one. I have a special guest coming on to mainly discuss, probably talk a little bit of smack about A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. So stay up late, take those caffeine pills if needed, grab your drink, and let's get ready to wine. Easier straight through anchor. All right, look at that. Super, that, that was, super that was, easy. <laughs> um, you know when I do it with you and I send you a link and then you need to follow the link and join? Yeah. Doing, doing it through Anchor, I literally got a notification from Anchor and as soon as I touched it, we connected. Exactly. There's no lag. There's no, um, you know, there's no like standstill point where it's just like, okay, wait a minute. I got to wait for them to go to this. Yeah, I like that feature on Anchor, and this is only like the second time I've used it, but I was like, let me just go ahead and do it this way. But you do, of course, have to favorite my podcast, which you did, and I favored it yours. <laughs> so there you go. Okay, I'm so happy that you're here. We're connected, and of course, I'm going to introduce you because, duh, where's my Southern hospitality <laughs> at? So you guys, I am joined by Scott Harden. You run podcast. Uh, super excited. I'm so glad that you decided to uh, join me for this discussion. Thank you for having me on. I'm, you've come on my show twice now, and I, I've I been have. itching to get on yours for ages. <laughs> yeah, when did I start my podcast? Let's see. I started it in January of this year, I believe. So the next January will be a whole year. I don't, I'm not sure when you actually started yours. Was it around that time? Yeah, I think I started just after you. Mm -hmm. So we kind of started around the same time and we got talking not long after. I think we'd only both had about six or seven episodes out yeah. when we started talking to each other. And yeah, we've kind of been helping each other out and just, yeah, just doing it together. And it, it, it's great. I, I love the fact that everyone helps each other out in the podcast community. I, I genuinely love that. I do too, because it's really hard. I, I say it's really hard. And the horror community is great, but like doing a podcast because because now everyone and their mother literally has a podcast, right? <laughs> it's <Yeah>. hard. <laughs> they do, and there, there's so many out there. I mean, I, I got messaged by someone the other day to say, "Could you check out my podcast?" And I'll listen to anyone's to sort of give them some constructive criticism or just generally yeah. help them. And their podcast was like six minutes long. 
Mm. It, it was like the length of like my intro. And I was like, well, I, I think what you need to do is kind of work on more content. He's like, I think I've got everything in there. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> well, okay. That's the thing. Like I, uh, my, or my preference, should I say, I don't particularly like to listen to podcasts that are, you know, three hours long. Now I'm not saying I won't do it, but I prefer to listen to, you know, hour and a half, two hours is kind of, because I'm busy, you know, I'm a mom. I have shit to do. These fucking kids keep me busy. I have shit to do. I don't have time. And it's hard to listen to it, but kudos to those that can record a three hour long podcast. You must not have yeah, children. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't do it. I mean, I, I, I squeeze aside time to record mine and to record with you and, yeah. uh, and other bits, but to, to find time to listen to three hours of podcast, I, I couldn't do it. And I definitely couldn't record it. I, I just hard. wouldn't have enough time in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I did it a few times. Well, that's the thing. I've done it a few times with podcasting with other people. So uh, doing like multiple people in the podcast, like two, three, four people. I mean, I've podcasted with four total people. And it does go on longer, but at the same time, you do have your little family there to sit there and talk with, and it's not the same as you going solo and doing a three-hour-long podcast. Yeah, I, I, I haven't got what that the fuck you're doing. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't got that much to say for three hours. Me neither. I mean, I like to <laughs> fucking talk, but I am not. I'm not that good at being able to do it. Like, I keep mine under an hour, right at an hour, and um. You know, like you said earlier, the six minute long podcast, I would just give them the same advice and say, you need to put it at least 30 minutes, at least yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. All right. So we'll just sit here and be chit chatting about like whatever we want to, because that's what that's what happens. I'm see, I'm day drinking. You know, I'm in the States and you're in the UK. So <laughs> I'm over yeah. like. It's 12 o'clock. I'm drinking already. Here we go. I, I am as well, because we were meant to record much later. And then yeah. when you said you were going to start recording, could we start earlier? I was like, yeah, that, that's fine. And then it was yeah. like a frantic panic of, I need to have a drink now, because I, I drink doing my show. I, yeah, I, I always have a drink. Yeah, for um, sure. It helps it, it, loosen up. Yeah, and I tend to find that if I've had a couple before I start, I will say things that normally I wouldn't. And then when I listen to it back, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm glad I said that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't ever really apologize for anything that I say. Obviously, no. sometimes there may be things. I mean, there are certain things I'm totally against, and I'm not going to say it on my podcast. And I wouldn't say it on somebody else's, uh, just morals and things like that. But as far as all the cursing, and I say what I want, I don't give a fuck if you don't like it don't listen or I'll just say like you know I talk shit about movies that I actually like but again you know that's just me I like to talk shit I'm really good at it so <laughs> well let's get into the let's get into what we're drinking so we can get into the review of this movie okay so I am drinking because it's daytime I decided to go with a white wine it's a Moscato it's yellowtail they they're so cheap, so I always just go back to get in that bottle because it's not bad. The alcohol content is like 7.5% alcohol by volume, so not super strong. I could literally, I've drank two bottles of this stuff <laughs> by myself. Um, <laughs> so 
So there you go. But anyway, what are you drinking? What are you sipping uh, on? I've gone on to uh, I've started drinking Mex. It's uh, it's a Mexican beer. It's not actually. It's brewed in the UK, but yeah. they market it as a Mexican beer. Uh, it's called Desperado. Okay. Um, and it's it's a tequila beer. Oh, interesting. So, so they it's, have it's, like uh, whiskey beers. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's a beer that's the best way to describe it is a beer laced with a shot of tequila, and it's about about nine percent. Oh, that's pretty good for a beer. I mean, I do get it that it has tequila in it, but that's that'll get you fucked up, like because oh, you know <laughs> it, it will, and they're great as well because if if you get them when you go go out to a bar, mm -hmm. you can have two or three of those, and you're well on your way when everyone else is kind of sipping pints that are four or five percent and you've had three of those you're like woohoo let's get the party going everyone's kind of like give me a minute I just need to catch up yeah see I think the funny thing about that is like we don't go out a whole lot I mean not really so much because of COVID it's just more because like me and my husband just like we will go out but it's like let's go have a drink at one place and then I'm like I'm tired because I'd rather just drink at home because then I can just act a fool, I guess, if I want. But for me being so small, because you know what I look like, a lot of yeah. people are like, oh, you can't uh, you can't drink that much. Like, bitch, yes, I can. Don't try me. Like, yeah. I can drink. My alcohol tolerance is extremely high, so it's crazy. It's like Lisa, my wife, she's, what, she, she's five foot one? Yeah, I'm she five two. Drink, <laughs> she can drink me under the table. She can... Mm -hmm. She can just consume alcohol like it's nothing. And we'll leave the bar and I'm stumbling or staggering. She's like, come on, let's go. We're, we're going to go to a club. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm destroyed. Like, no, like, uh, no. <laughs> like, no, you go to the club. I'm going to go night night because yeah. I can't hang. <laughs> no, yeah. I get that, though. But like going and drinking, uh, the way I validate it, or, you know, it's like you spend, I don't know how much a beer costs there, but at most of the, we have a little pub. It's a little Irish pub, Irish inspired pub. Let me say that because we're in fucking Louisiana. So nothing is authentic <laughs> here, <laughs> but it's a really cool little place to go. Except for now it's been taken over by hipsters and like these younger, this younger crowd of like 19 to 22. And so you're just like, Oh my God, I'm almost fucking 40. What am I? Y'all could be my kids. Like for real. Like, I've reached an age now where I go into a bar. We don't go out a lot as well because we, we've got kids as well. But when we do mm -hmm. go out, I tend to walk into a bar or a club or a pub and I stand there and go, oh, my fucking God, you're all about 12. Why are you here? I know. That's exactly what I tell my husband. Now, my husband is four years younger than me. He's 34. I'm 38. But even so, it's like we go and I'm like, okay, half of these fucking kids aren't old enough to probably even be ordering a beer. And then you look at the price and I'm like, I try to justify it like, okay, well, I can buy an entire bottle of wine for this much. Why do I want to spend $11 on a fucking cocktail that's <laughs> not going to do anything? It's not, I mean, I have to drink like six of them. That's like a ton of money. And I'm very it, frugal. <laughs> it, so. it, it is really expensive going out, which when you've got a family like we have, we don't do it very often. But when we do it, we kind of tend to go all in. We'll, we'll go out and we'll go, we'll we'll have some drinks, then we'll have yeah. something to eat, then we'll have more drinks, then we'll go to a club. And we, we make a an make event a, of it because yeah, we haven't have got to. kids now. So when the kids have gone to, to the grandparents, we're like, 
we're going to go nuts. And it's kind of like the next morning you wake up and go, I'm too old for this shit. I know. I always think that too. That's why I decided to do a, a lighter wine for the day reporting, because if I drink red, it's going to make me super tired. Um, it gets me, a, it's a different kind of drunk. And also I do have plans this evening. We're going to the casino. So that's going to be fun. Uh, you have to wear a mask, but I don't give a shit. I'll wear two of them. Um, <laughs> You know, but anyways, uh, so yeah, we don't do a whole lot of shit either. But again, I guess we can go ahead and start talking about this little fucking slice of heaven movie that we both watched. And I did I... introduce it in my intro. Of course, you didn't hear that because <laughs> no. I pre-recorded it. <laughs> uh, I love Dream Warriors. I can't. Yes. It, it's my favorite of all the Nightmare on Elm Streets because it's still a little bit scary. But yeah. it's Fred, it's Freddie at his best. It's all the one-liners, like, fuck you, bitch. And it's just so, yeah. so good. I I just cannot. There's not, for me, there's not a better Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I really like the first, probably like the first four, um, just because they're really good. But I think in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, I don't think they went so crazy like they do in other franchises, like even uh, Friday the 13th. I do love that franchise as well, but it does start to get a little cheesy and a little, I don't know, just kind of stupid. But I really like the Nightmare on Elm Street. I just, there's something about the fact that you can like have a nightmare. And if you've ever experienced having night terrors or sleep paralysis, this shit holds true to you. You get like, it's scary because you think you're going to die and these kids really die. So it's yeah, creepy. It is. And they also gave them, Wes Craven gave themselves such artistic license because it's in dreams. They can mm-hmm. do whatever the fuck they want. Yep. And it's not far fetched. It's not because it, you think about, like I said, I I've experienced sleep paralysis, super terrifying, not something that I would, uh, <laughs> Not recommend. I hope to God it doesn't happen. It's it's awful. Like it's just because you're you know your mind is awake, but your body is still in that paralysis state, so you can't move, and you get hallucinations, and it's really weird. And we do know that the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I think what I remember reading is that they were based off of like the first one. Wes Craven did this uh, research on these. What was it? These men. And I forget what country they were in. But it they was were the like, Philippines. yeah, they were dying in their sleep. Yeah. So it's like, that's fucking scary. Like they were not, <laughs> they were healthy. But yeah, dying. they were. It, there was quite a few as well. I can't remember the full story, but it was, there was people who had reported that they were having bad nightmares and yeah. then weeks later died in their sleep, which that's an, a, a horrific thing to think of. I, I can't think of anything worse than dying in a nightmare. No, I know, right? Because you don't have any control over it because you're asleep and that's when you're most vulnerable. And I think, you know, overall, the whole franchise and especially the first one, that's where it plays into. That's where it gets you because Freddy is killing these kids when they're most vulnerable. And so you think about it when you're asleep in your house. You don't think anything bad's going to happen. You're having a dream, but he attacks and that's why I think I like this one so much, because this was mm-hmm. the first one where they all had a chance to fight back. 
yep. they can they can control their dreams and they they have a bit of power against Freddie. And I think that's why I like this one because it was the first time that Freddie was was kind of actually challenged. In the first two, he just kind of run rampant, and this one it was yeah. he actually had something to fight against, and I quite liked yeah. that. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Me too. And part two is totally different, though. I think part two is kind of the standout one in the franchise because part two, Freddie isn't really Freddie. Freddie is really trying to take over Jesse's body so that he can become Freddie. And that's kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure you've seen part two. I love part two. So it's different in that aspect. And a lot of people don't like it because it has a lot of, the homosexual induendo and like it was marked like people started to market it as this like queer movie and i'm like i don't give a fuck it's fucking great because the, of the, the one-liners though, uh, the crazy thing is though with, with them marketing it as a as a, as a homosexual or, or gay movie i didn't get that when i watched it the first time uh-huh. I, I didn't i didn't get that and i've watched it multiple times and didn't get it and it wasn't until people started telling me that that's what it is and then i start going I can see it, yeah. but it's a good movie. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, I Who don't cares? care. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> on my podcast, we're going to talk about all the things. I don't give a fuck if you don't like it. That's my attitude. I have a bad attitude sometimes, maybe. Or people take <laughs> it as me being super cynical. And it's like, no, I'm a realist. And there are gay people in the world. Get over it. They, they yeah. star in movies. We love the movies. Get the fuck over it. But see, I called on to the gay induendo even at a younger age. I was like, all right, <laughs> I got it. I'm getting it. But it's just, it's very subtle. It's, you need to watch Scream Queen. It's a documentary. I don't know if you've seen it. Where no, Mark Patton. Okay, so it's on, fuck, I think it was on Shudder. And I'm not sure what... Um, tv you can get in the uk i know it might be harder but i've got i've got shudder shudder's one of my i love shudder (laughs) yeah me too me too i have all the the fucking movie apps but anyways so when you get a chance watch scream queen as mark Patton given he's basically letting you know like what actually happened in the making of this and why he fell off the face of the earth after this because he wasn't out at that time he Uh, is gay yeah but it's a really good documentary. I love documentaries, uh, especially horror-related ones. So definitely watch it. You have Shutter, so you don't really have any excuse not to watch it. Yeah, no, I will. I'll let you know when I've watched it as well. I'll let you know yeah. what I think. Okay, perfect. All right, so we're going to get into this. And it's going to be a lot of me going, rah, 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 but it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. That's fine. You, <laughs> you, you, you do what you do, Heather. That, that's why I'm, I'm running the podcast, right? It's the I Run <laughs> podcast featuring Brent Scott. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start at the very beginning because that's what I do for every movie review. So I do like at the very beginning, right before it actually kind of starts, you get this little quote. Sleep, those little slices of death, how I load them. And that's Edgar Allan Poe. I don't Poe no mo, but, and, you know, I don't really, um, am not a big, I like poetry, but I never really read any of Edgar Allan Poe's work. So I didn't know, like, where the fuck that came from. Um, I don't know if you were into poetry. I'm just like, it's all right, but. No, I, I, I knew that quote. But I think I learned that quote in school. But poetry's, 
I, I, I'm a slasher movie fan. Poetry's yeah. <laughs> not my poetry doesn't live in my poetry. wheelhouse. <laughs> it's not your it's not your forte. Yeah, I get that. Plus, you went to the school. You went to school in the UK, and I'm sure you you had all the brilliant, sophisticated things. Like you go to school here in Louisiana or in the states, and it's like they ain't teaching you that shit. Hmm. Oh, no. we had it all. We had Quidditch. We had Defense Against the Dark Arts. That's really fucking cool. Like, I'm super <laughs> jealous already. I'm like, what the fuck did I have to be born here? Damn it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just saying that's really cool. Okay. So after that quote comes up on the screen, we do get the big, bold font introducing us to the title of the movie, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors. And as the credits are kind of rolling up, there's a hand that's being shown that looks like the hand is kind of cutting the newspaper and sort of making this, like, paste or something. Uh, it looks like they're doing fucking arts and craft or some shit. And you quickly see that it's a girl. And it's Patricia Arquette. Um, I like Patricia Arquette. I think she's a pretty good actress. I liked her in this film, especially. Um, you know, her whole family, obviously. You probably know, like, David Arquette. Most people know David Arquette. Yeah. More so Patricia than Patricia Ar yeah, so I know that um, Robert England told everyone on set, because this was her first movie role, uh -huh. um, and Robert England was insistent on telling everyone that she was going to be a big star, and no one really listened, not even Wes Craven, and it turned out that Robert England knows his shit. He knows what he's talking about, because she, she's a huge star. <laughs> yeah, she is, and she's a, she really is a good actress. So as soon as, like, like I said, she's kind of doing this arts and craft kind of stuff. And you can tell that she's trying to fall asleep. Like you can tell that she's nodding off. So she's actually, she's trying to stay awake and you see her take a spoonful of this like instant coffee and a diet Coke. And now I will insert a funny, a funny joke because I felt like in that moment, I was like Jesse Spano from say by the bells coming on at any moment, <laughs> you know, addicted to the <laughs> caffeine pills. I'm so yeah. excited <laughs> because I'm thinking like, my God, you were like fucking eating instant coffee and drinking diet coke i mean i don't know how you're not dead yet <laughs> i would be dead you know well we find out that her name is Kristen. so uh because her mom comes in and she's like all dressed up like real fancy and she's telling her it's time to go to bed um but really we know it's not like she really gives a shit about her daughter that's the vibe i got because she's really just trying to bang her fucking man friend downstairs hear him make a comment about like where's the bourbon or something well yeah and i've got to say her mom is a bitch her mom was a bitch and who the fuck wears goddamn fur like why do you have a <laughs> fur scarf thing like i don't even know where they went it must have been dapper as hell but super stupid and so Kristen lays down and she's of course all it takes is her just closing her eyes and she's already in this dreamland and as soon as you get to the next scene, you see and hear these little kids singing the famous song, One, Two, Freddy's Coming for You. And you see a little girl, she's on a tricycle, and there she's sitting at the front door on her tricycle, this old house. And we know, of course, that it is the house that Nancy, you know, lived in. Well, because Kristen is like, what the fuck is going on? She follows her into the house. You see that the house is dilapidated. It's just junk and shit everywhere. Well, the little girl appears again on her bike, and she tells Kristen, 
And it, and I think at this point, if I remember correctly, they were in uh, like a boiler room, I think, is where they're at because yeah. she takes her so, down there. Yeah, see, I picked up on this when I watched it. So this mm -hmm. little girl's on her trike and she, she trikes in and then they go downstairs to the basement. Yeah. This little girl's either going to be in the X Games because she jumped down the stairs on her, on her bicycle. <laughs> That's what or, I thought. Or she flew down. Uh, if she flew down, she made no fucking noise because I was like, <laughs> she fucking teleported her body all the way down. I mean, we don't know. It's movie magic, okay? But anyway, the little girl's kind of leading her down into the boiler room. And we know that Freddy is home because you have this whole scene where I think she sees Kruger... Kristen grabs this little girl now, grabs her off the bike, and I literally started laughing because when she grabs the little girl, she takes off running, and it's like this fucking straight-up doll dummy. I was like, <laughs> this is so cheesy. Like, you can clearly tell that the little girl is not a little girl. It's a doll. <laughs> it was like she picked uh, her up and, like. And I've got little kids that kind of age. And yeah. you can't pick them up and run with them. You can't do it. They're, they're just too heavy and they they move yeah. and they like lynch. <laughs> so, yeah, when I saw that and she's like picked it up and she's like full on sprint, I was like, ah, bullshit. <laughs> I'm calling yeah. bullshit on this. My kids are not that young anymore. But at the same time, eat, like if they were like one, you know, like very young, I could see being able to grab them up and run. Not when they're probably, she probably was like five or six, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, kids are dead weight. No, thank you. I'm not going to pick her up. But anyway, so she's running with her and she gets caught in this like weird, I don't know what the fuck it was, some kind of goose shit on the ground. And you see that Freddie takes, takes his glove. She just like barely misses that sharp, you know, swipe. And then she walks into this room where there are tons of dead bodies, all these dead bodies. And as she looks down, because she's still holding this little girl. And now we get a burnt-ass Wesley Snipes skeleton baby. <laughs> That's what she is. Because it's like, it's just a fucking burnt skeleton of a child. And she kind of wakes up, right? Does she? Yeah. Question yeah, yeah. She, she wakes up then, yeah. She does wake up. But then we go into our next scene where she goes into the bathroom. And you remember yeah. that she grabs those handles to her faucet and they're like fucking claws coming out of them. Um, so that's why I put the question mark with it because I wasn't sure. I was like, wait a minute. So she woke up because, you know, she could take herself into the dream, but then yeah, she comes she, back she to reality. Yeah. She woke up and then she goes to the bathroom and I don't know at what point on her trip to the bathroom, she fell asleep again, she just but she must've fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who who does that? Who falls asleep walking to the bathroom? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm a I'm a pretty hard sleeper actually. And see, my husband's not. He sleeps like a fucking feather. It's like if you breathe the wrong way, he's like he wakes up. But me, I'm over here like there could be like you know a fucking apocalypse happening, and I wouldn't know. But apparently, for Kristen, she does somehow fall asleep when she gets to the bathroom. Well, after she sees that those blades are coming out of the little faucet, the the handles. You see a shot of Freddie, and then the mom comes in and finds that Kristen has cut her wrist, but it was really Freddie that cut her fucking wrist open to make it look like, I guess, she was, like, having a suicide attempt. Yeah. I was like, fuck, that's fucked up. So, <laughs> I mean, it is, it is fucked up. So, the next scene is that 
now they're at the hospital because obviously what would you do if your kid's in the bathroom and it looks like they slit their wrist? She takes her to a psychiatric hospital. Then we get another cameo. I say a cameo because he's not in the movie a whole lot. We get um, Lawrence Fishburne that's pushing the cart. Um, I think he has all the crazy pills and all the sedatives and bullshit on it. I actually it, like Lawrence does. Fishburne. Yeah. Uh, I, like I do. It, when he done this, he wasn't called Lawrence. He was actually he, on the title card for this. He's actually Larry Fishburne. So this was oh, before yeah. he kind of made it. Um, and I've got to say, in this movie, he's the worst orderly ever. He, he, he breaks is. so many rules. He's so bad. Well, he well, if you think about it in general, the hosp- the whole hospital staff is kind of shit because we'll get into that here soon. I have lots to bitch about that. Even though I love the movie, it was just like some of the characters, I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, why are yeah. you so salty? You know, but you, yeah. You don't want to go. To, you do not want to go to that psychiatric hospital ever. No. <laughs> ever. Yeah, I don't want to go to any of them, but definitely no. not that one. <laughs> definitely for sure. not that one. <laughs> so as he's pushing the cart, he starts talking with our resident doctor, Dr. Gordon. Now, I didn't think to look up his like real name, like who he is as an uh, as an actual person, not just an actor in this movie. Um, his face didn't look familiar. So sometimes I'll just be like, eh, I don't know if anybody will even know who he is. So I just push past it because i'm like it's dr gordon whatever um so as they're talking max is telling him that he basically has a theory on all these teen suicides and he thinks which is super stupid that it's due to the parents taking like drugs and acid when i guess back in the day and i'm like yeah okay drugs are bad okay but like these kids it ain't because of that like, this is no. why you're a horrible orderly or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't know what the fuck's going on, right? So, yeah, he's that, that's a good example of like when you go to the doctors. Uh, I don't know if it's the same in, in the US as it is here, but when you ring and you say, I need to make a doctor's appointment, yeah. you kind of get the receptionist who then asks you what's wrong and then tries to diagnose you over the phone. That's kind of yep. what Max is doing. He, he's that guy. No, it's the same thing here. Like if I have to make a doctor's appointment and you call the clinic or if you don't go do a walk-in clinic, you just call to make an appointment. They're like, okay, so what are your symptoms? And I'm like, are you the doctor? You're just a fucking receptionist, like not trying to be mean, but you just write my fucking name down in the time I'm coming in to get examined by the actual qualified doctor. Yeah. Or send me your degree to prove that you are, you know what you're talking about. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They don't. But uh, no. anyway, so once we get past that, Dr. Gordon is actually speaking with another doctor. It's a uh, Dr. Elizabeth Sims. And I fucking hate this old bitch. Old fucking crow. Fly away. I don't like you. I hated her character. You know, she's like, I guess she might be like the main doctor. I'm not really for sure what her title was. I just don't like her because she's a fucking bitch, too. Like, yeah, she is. I, I couldn't work out if it was her or Gordon in charge, but she she's fucking horrible. Yeah, I think that maybe, okay, so like Dr. Gordon kind of dealt with all the kids, of course, and I think she just probably overlooked everything. But as they're talking, she's letting him know that there's a new staff member coming on. And yeah. he's kind of like, okay, well, and you know, there's some hesitation with him because he's like, well, I mean, he knows these kids pretty well. And 
I, I feel like he was just like, we don't really need a new staff member, but you're going to like this new staff member because she's coming up and you know, he does. I was like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he, uh, <laughs> he, he went from no, no, no to, oh, fuck. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Thanks, Dr. Sims. See you later. <laughs> exactly. Like she needs to just take her old crow ass away. Anyway, she got on my nerves. <laughs> so um, at this point, after they're having their conversation, Kristen, we see that she's having this complete fucking bitch fit. Like she is fucking tearing up everything because she has been admitted to this hospital. And you can tell that the rest of the orderlies are trying to calm her down and they're not doing a very good job of it. Obviously she's tearing everything up in the room. Well, she starts singing the song, the five, six, grab your crucifix, seven, eight, better stay up late, nine, 10, never sleep again. But as she's finishing that up, we get fucking Nancy show up. And Nancy's like, where the fuck do you know that song from? <laughs> like, we know Nancy's the original OG, right? She's the OG. And I like her. Have, have, do, you, do you know much about Heather Langenkamp? Uh, I, I know a little bit, but I, I, I love her character. Uh, and I, I loved her from the, the original. And then to see her back, I was like, yes. Yeah, she's really fantastic. And you know she comes on comes back later on on a different part of the franchise but um i actually got a chance to meet her um at a oh, horror really? convention yes she is like okay you watch these movies and you think does it take a particular person to do a horror film like you have to have a there's something there has to be something about you to make you get into that role of being terrified or liking to be terrified but if you ever get a chance to meet her I literally felt like I was just meeting my mom. Like she's oh. so nice. So nice and very polite. Oh. And I got an autograph from her and took a picture with her. And of course she was like, well, how would you like me to sign this? Like so nice. And I was like, screw your past. Oh, that, <laughs> and she was like, yeah, cool. she was like, that, that's, oh, that's my cool. favorite. Yeah. She loved being able to do that for her fans. She's like, I think that's the number one thing people have me sign." I was like, well, it's fucking hilarious. So that there you go. Yeah. And I felt bad for cussing in front of her because she just doesn't seem like that type of person. Like you would be super surprised. But anyway, she does show up, starts talking to Kristen. And now she's talking with Dr. Gordon at this point. And they're kind of discussing some of the cases. Nancy knows what the fuck's going on because she has experienced this. She has these, you know, experienced these, what did she call it? Uh, pattern nightmares. And yeah. um, Dr. Gordon asked her, you know, like, what was that nursery, nursery rhyme about? And Nancy says, oh, it's just something to keep the boogeyman away. And I'm like, it don't work, y'all. Like, yeah. has the song ever worked? Have you ever known no. it to be like, it doesn't work? No, it, it doesn't do shit. If anything, I'd say Freddie encourages the song. I have to say I agree on that because it's like it's it's not. And then the fact that she called him Boogeyman, I was like, OK, we're getting a little bit into the Halloween-ish thing. But totally fine. I don't really consider him to be the Boogeyman. But um, anyway, she's now talking because you know how these movies are. They just you're like you're watching one scene. It fucking jumps to the next. You don't even know what's going on. Well, Nancy's now talking with Max and she's getting an introduction to each of these sleep deprived teens. Okay, she's getting to meet this this whole little group of kids. Well, she meets Philip first. And I thought Philip was pretty cute. I did cover a, another podcast where he was in class of 1999, I think. 
Um, it's super old. But um, I like Philip. You know, I thought he was cute. I was like, yeah, all right, poor kid. And yeah. then we get to meet Ken Cade. He's my fucking favorite. <laughs> He's my favorite. Uh, Ken Cade is like the budget Mr. T. Oh it, it's my kind God. of like, I, I, yes. I feel they wanted <laughs> they wanted Mr. T, but he wasn't available. So they got Kincaid and then stripped off all the jewelry and didn't give him a mohawk. That's kind of where Kincaid right. sits for me. And he has more of like this um black lady sassy attitude. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> yeah. I'm Kincaid. Like he just it's the way he talks and I love it. He's such a fucking smart ass. Love it. I mean, I think at this point, they're all feeling like no one's actually really helping them. Well, then we get another um, introduction to another one of our teens. His name is Joey. And he doesn't talk. You know, well, you don't hear him talk. And I noticed that he saw one of the nurses that had, like, dropped these towels. And he helps her pick them up. Well, yeah. you know, I said he wishes she would give him a checkup. Because you can tell he's <laughs> like, hmm, okay, like. Here's this hot little nurse and poor guy can't say a motherfucking thing yet, but <laughs> like he does start to talk eventually. But anyway, so Nancy is now talking to Kristen's mother again. We both agree on this. She's fucking vapid and she's, she's a fucking bitch. Like, it's like she yeah. doesn't even care that her daughter, well, she put her daughter in the psychiatric hospital. That's like, she don't even give a shit. Like their yeah, house is fucking glorious. I kind of got the feeling she was like, uh, okay, that child's broken. Let's put mm -hmm. her in the psychiatric hospital and fucking leave her there. Never mind. The I know. She was so... And then it was like, when Nancy's in their house and she's talking to her, you're just like, I think they even had like a... I wouldn't want to say like a butler. That sounds too fancy. But like a maid or something. There was somebody there working for her. So obviously this woman has money. Like they, they yeah. must be well off. Um but she couldn't keep her fucking men together. So there you go. <laughs> Just saying. Well, whenever they're talking, I think she's discussing like, we need to get Kristen, you know, get her some belongings, get her stuff. Well, Nancy's like, I'll do it. She goes upstairs to Kristen's room and she sees this model of a house that looks extremely familiar to her. Of course, we know why. Um, then we see Dr. Gordon on his fucking Bill Nye, the science guy computer, because dude, this was 1987. Okay, like the computer is as big as the entire movie screen. I was just like, yeah. I, I, I love, <laughs> I, I love, I love computers in 80s movies because yeah. they can do literally anything. If you watch any 80s movie, they're yeah. like, I need this information, and the computer just goes, bam. Yeah. And then like, like, I need it to do this. It's like, yeah, okay, no worries. And even Google's not as good. The computers they had in 80s movies are better than Google. They literally do whatever you want straight away. It was so bizarre to me, too. No, I agree with that because I was like, how the fuck? Like, he's just using it like it's not a big deal. But you see that whenever he's using it, he's actually looking up the medication that I didn't say it earlier. It fell out of Nancy's purse when he first met Nancy. And yeah. um, it was a medication for psychosis. But I think it was also for like to make you stop having dreams. Like if you were sleep deprived. Oh, it, it was an experimental yeah, it was, drug. It was, a, it was an experimental dream suppressant. It was hypnosil. Yeah, like what the is that like a real thing? I didn't look it up. I, I, I did. So I did look it up because okay, I was curious. Well, it, it's not a real thing, but there are actually dream suppressants. 
Oh I don't know God. why you'd want them, but there are actually dream suppressants that you can get. Um, I think maybe you would want them if you were having like a lot of night terrors, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like if you couldn't stop having these really gnarly bad dreams, that would maybe make sense. But I don't know that I'd want to take something that would make me not dream. That seems yeah. a little risky. Yeah, I, I think there's I think there's a reason for dreams. And it's one of those things that I don't understand it enough. Therefore, I'm not going to fuck with it. Don't be fucking with your dreams. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not really for it either. Seriously. But anyway, we find out that that's what the medication is. That's what Nancy is taking. So we get back to Kristen, who is, at this point, she's in bed. She's drawing. And of course, she starts to fall asleep because none of these fucking teens can sleep. I mean, my thing is, like, if you close your eyes, you're going to fucking die. And I think they all know this at this point, which is why none of them sleep. They're scared to go to sleep because when they do sleep, it's nothing but these nightmares. And yeah. none of them have died yet. But even so, they know, like, we're scared to sleep. Well, we see the door open to room and that little tricycle comes in. It leaves, like, a bunch of blood marks. But it kind of just starts to like melt into the ground. I don't, I don't really know. I guess it's like demonstrating hell or something. Well, Kristen is now inside the old house again, and you see her walking through, and there's like this. Uh, Was it like a fucking pig or something on a platter? I don't yeah. remember. It was supposed to be like dinner. Well, to me, it sounded like it barked at her. I was like, wait a minute, don't pigs go <laughs> wink wink? <laughs> like what? <laughs> What the fuck's happening? I mean, that's scary. I don't like eat. I don't really like pork. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. But um, so as that happens, you know, she starts to walk through the house and she's standing on this rug because she goes into this one room and there's like this huge rug on the ground. And we see it pulls like this Beetlejuice sandworm effect on it because it's like something's coming underneath the rug. Everything in the room starts to burst, like the walls start cracking, lights start shattering. And then we get one of my favorite parts. I don't know if it's one of your favorite parts, but the fucking Freddy snake. Love it. Yeah, Snake Freddy. I loved this. And you know from listening to my show, I've got such an issue with any sort of claymation. Uh, yes. I'm, 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 I'm fully down for this because it's in a dream. It doesn't matter. It could it be claymation. It could be, it could be animation. I, I don't care because it's in a dream. They can get away with it, and it's so good. I, I love Snake Freddy. Um, do you know originally the? You know he's kind of covered in almost like that, like a goo. Yeah, yeah, very, very slimy. Yeah, yeah. So they added that because when they done the first take, um, everyone on the set was calling him Dick Freddy because he looked like a dick. Oh my god, I could see it. I was going <laughs> to say that. But I decided to be like, all right, let me let me keep it a little less crude. I have a gentleman on the podcast. I I act like a man anyway, so it's totally fine. <laughs> I'll be talking about dicks and everything on my show. But no, I see that. That's really funny. But at the same time, is it like, are we just getting like a wet a wet dick Freddy now <laughs> because he's slumped? So what they done is they had a, <laughs> a, a they had a prop that looked like a dick, so they covered it in green lube. Oh 
Yummy. Mm. <laughs> Safe sex, you guys, I guess. We do, we're, we're, I always throw a PSA in my podcast where typically I have a PSA. That might be the PSA. Watch out for slimy penises with teeth. <laughs> with teeth, yeah. Don't or mouth that. or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> don't get away. Just say no. Abstinence is your friend. <laughs> well, anyways, so Nancy can sense this. We do, we do find out that Nancy is able to kind of feel, I guess, these dreams, or she knows that Kristen is in trouble. Well, she's in a room. I think it was the therapy room, if I, I might be wrong. But anyway, she falls back into this chair. Like, when she falls back, she fucking is gone, like, disappears into the chair. But now she's in the house with Kristen. And you see that she's trying to help her. She picks up this broken piece of glass. Gives, you know, Snake Freddy a stab in his eyeball or whatever. And then they're able to get out. It was like she was able to stop the dream, I guess. So right before Kristen would have actually been killed by Freddy. And um, you know, Nancy is now confronting Kristen about the model house that she found. And she's letting yep. her know that she used to live in this house. And it's almost like she knows that everybody's connected in some way. And... Nancy is curious about this because she asked Kristen, have you ever pulled anyone into your dreams? And apparently we find out that Kristen has. And I think she said something to her along the lines of she did it when she was a kid. Which yeah. She, you know, like would be able to have this power to like pull things into your dream, which is super scary to me. I think that's yeah. creepy. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't imagine someone else being able to pull me into their dream. I don't think I'd be happy with that. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants me in their dreams like that. I'm sorry. They'll just be like, what's this belligerent Southern drunk doing? I don't know. <laughs> We're hanging out. <laughs> the, the thing is, Heather, if someone pulled you into the dream, you'd, you'd turn up and go, what the fuck's going on? Why am I here? Where is the wine? Where's the TV? Exactly. Where's the horror movies? What? What's this shit? What's going yeah, exactly. on? Exactly. I'd be like, this dream fucking sucks. And there's a reason yeah. why you pulled me into it. You're right about that. Like, I'd be like, unless it's fun, I don't want to, I'm just, it's a no for me, dog. Like, all the way. I don't want to be in your fucking dream. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, like I said, Nancy has this really big curiosity be because she knows that Kristen has a special gift. Well, now they go to their, well, they go to their group therapy, not their first one, but the first one I think that she attends and we meet Will who is in a wheelchair and I didn't get his, I think it's Ira something is his actual real name. And I met him at a uh, horror con as well. He is, it's not like he's going to be listening to my podcast, but he is very strange. Like, yeah, Will's quirky. the, um, it He's the Dungeons and Dragons boy. Yes. This, isn't he? <laughs> Magic wizard or whatever. Uh, so he. Do you know, in, in real life, he is a Dungeons and Dragons master, which is why he was bought in for this role. It, it does not fucking surprise me. <laughs> Fun fact. Like, does not surprise me, though? Like, I'm serious. Like, when we met him, um, we went to his table, you know, and he saw that I had my daughter with me at the time she was younger and. He was, uh, you know, he's in Elvira, too. He he plays a role in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And so, of course, she picked the Elvira picture for him to sign because she didn't really like, she doesn't really like horror films, but she likes Elvira. And he's just like, I want to make sure that you stay in school, okay? And he, like, put his hand on her shoulder and he's like, stay in school. And I'm like, what? 
what? She is. Do you not know me? I'm her mother. Her ass is going to school. It was just That's weird. Like, hey, he's, uh, he's but- a little friendly. But anyway, <laughs> so we meet Will. Then we meet Jennifer, who's this aspiring actress. Like, she's like, when I get out of here, you know, I'm going to be in Hollywood. I'm going to be an actress. Of course, my favorite, Ken Cade, comes in with this quick little, you know, jab at her by telling her that she will be on the lifestyles of the rich and psychotic. I love him. <laughs> He's so me. I want to meet him so bad. And I almost got to meet him a couple of times. And I wasn't able to make it to those cons. But, oh, he's on my list. That's all I do. Yeah. Scott, you know that. I just, like, my whole life revolves around, well, my kids, uh, horror things, and meeting all these B celebrities. I'm sorry. It yeah, is what it is. and I'm, I'm devastated because we don't get them over here. We don't get enough cons. And if we do, they're miles away. And Yeah, yeah too I, far. I, I, we miss out so much. And I, I'm devastated. There needs to be more. If anyone's listening who makes horror cons, there needs mm-hmm. to be more in the UK because we get like five a year and that's it. You know what that means? That just means that you and the wifey have to travel when it's safe, when you can. You guys just have to like look up the US cons, pick one and make a fucking trip out of it. Because we have them all the time. Like They're everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, I know. And I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, yeah, I've got this con this week. And then in a couple of weeks time, I'm going to this con. And I'm like, fuck you. We, we don't get any. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I um, I think I looked that up one time and, and I had a, a somebody that messaged me. I can't even remember who it was. And they were like, it was for the Cobra Kai uh, gang, like the, uh, the, the new series, not like the original yeah. Karate Kid, but the Cobra Kai. And they're like, oh, they're going to be in the UK. I'm like, dude, that you realize that that's like super far away. <laughs> like, that's really far for me. Um, I've never traveled outside the United States. I do want to one day. I do want to go somewhere really cool. Um, I don't really know where, just not here. So don't come <laughs> to Louisiana. If you, you and the wife decide to come to the States, I can recommend some good cons that would be worth your money of traveling. Because they're fantastic. But anyway, enough of that. See, I'll start going on other rants and tangents. And I'll be like, is this a podcast? Or is it just time for Heather to talk? Anyway. (laughs) Uh, It's just time for a chat. I I always chat. That's what I do. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. The movie's great. We know it's great. We're going to talk through it. But if we want to have a chat midway through, everyone's got to wait. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Fucking hold your goddamn horses, okay? Hold whatever. That's a southern thing probably. But hold them. Hold your fucking beers and horses and everything else. So, of course, like I said, I love Kincaid. Well, then Joey gets introduced by Jennifer because we we do find out then that Joey, the one that saw the nurse, he doesn't talk at this point. He's basically a mute. Um, and Taryn is introduced as well. Uh, Taryn, I think she was at a horror con as well, too. The, the real actress, the real life person. I don't remember her name um, because... Again, if you've listened to my podcast, you know that I'll just be like, I don't care because I don't I don't think she's been in any. I don't recall her being in anything else other than this movie that I've seen. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know who she is. But anyway, so Philip, he brings up the strange point that all of them have these dreams about the same man. Like before they even met, they were all having these dreams of Freddie. Well, 
of course, here we come with fucking bitch-ass Dr. fucking Elizabeth. She thinks that it's just guilt and trauma causing these nightmares. Like, oh, you know, it's just because they had bad childhoods and stuff like that. Well, Will, Joey, and Taryn, because it jumps to the next scene, Will, Joey, and Taryn are now playing this, of course. Like, I called it Dungeon dungeon and Dragons kind of game. I don't really know for sure what they were playing. I've never played it, but I know from looking into this movie, they were playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, well, perfect. Okay, so that's what it looked like to me. But I was like, I'm just going to go with it because it's funny. And obviously, he's very nerdy, so it would make sense. Well, Taryn is like, you can tell she's like, this is fucking stupid. And she tells him that she's going to bed. Well, Max walks in and Max is the the, uh, orderly. He walks in and tells the guys it's time for bed. He helps Will get into bed and off to dreamland they go. But not really because we know what's fixing to happen. Well, Joey and Will know that they have to watch each other sleep, right? They actually take shifts, which I'm sure that the the staff doesn't know that it's like, hey, wait a minute. I'm going to let you sleep for a few hours and then you have to stay awake and help me sleep because they're scared. They know they're going to die. Or could Yeah, and it. If the staff knew that, what would they do anything? I, yeah. I think in this, I think in this mental hospital, they just go, "Well, you can't do that anymore," and that would be kind of as much as involved as they'd get. I think that Doctor Elizabeth, all she would do is be like, "Oh, we're just going to sedate them. We're going to put them in the fucking quiet room. We're just going to knock them out." And it's like you're basically forcing these kids to go to sleep. They are scared to sleep. Yes, I get it. She doesn't understand why they're so terrified. But to me, it's just like, that's bad doctoring. It's like, you don't just like sedate them. Obviously, there's something going on. They're scared. But we're going to get into that a little bit later, too. So Nancy and Dr. Gordon, they're now having, I I don't know, lunch or dinner. Because, you know, they, I guess they're having a little, like, let's have some dinner. They're kind of having this for me was Dr. Gordon perving Mm -hmm. on his intern. This is kind of what I got from this. I was like, you need to stop. You're like almost 40. You need to leave this little girl alone. It's not right. Yeah. Nancy would still be pretty young. I mean, because what she was like 16 in the original. And then you just have, it hadn't been that many years. So she would have definitely be like in her early twenties for sure. I mean, she looked really young. He was what in his mid forties, maybe creeping onto his fifties. Just like, ah, you need to stop. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, you do you boo, I guess. But like Nancy didn't seem to really have an issue with it. But yeah, I was kind of like, that's a little weird because it could be like her dad. And you find out that Nancy's mother died in her sleep because she's talking with Doctor Gordon, and you find out that her mom died in her sleep. But and then her dad is basically like estranged now. Like, you know, because he was the uh, police officer, or was he like the sheriff or something in the first one? He was the sheriff in the first one, yeah. Well, now her dad, you know, we find out later, but in this moment, we know that they don't really have a relationship. Also, her mom dying in her sleep. Um, I remember seeing the first one, and her mom got sucked through the door hole thing. So, did she? That was kind of a weird... I was like, okay, did she actually really, maybe she did die in her sleep. Or maybe that was Nancy's rendition of what she thinks happened. Yeah, maybe it was her memory of it, how she remembered it. Because we all remember things differently to how they actually happened. Well, yeah, but we remember seeing that fucking 
Nancy's mom, you know, she's waving goodbye to them, right? But I think the whole end was like this weird dream sequence anyways, because you notice like the top of the convertible that Glenn is driving, it kind of comes up and it has like the stripes on it. It just, it's so weird. And yeah, it's the, like, the ending of the first one's really strange. It's kind of like everything up until that point kind of made sense. And at the end you kind of go, Ooh, okay. <laughs> well, I think it was just to let you know that Freddie's not dead. Like for, he's coming back like this. I think they were probably dreaming when she stepped out of that house and she tells her mom, it's kind of like, Hey, and her mom's all like sober now, you know, not drinking. Cause you know, her mom was like a raging alcoholic in the movie. Oh, yeah. Massive alky. <laughs> yes. I mean like this bitch was like drinking it straight out of the bottle. Now look, I, and I like a cocktail from time to time. I'm really more of just a wine person, uh, but I'm not drinking fucking vodka or tequila or gin out of the bottle straight. I don't even do shots. I'm not really a shot girl. Like I don't, particularly like to drink straight up alcohol but anyway the ending is is kind of strange and i think it's uh left to interpretation like nancy like we were discussing earlier she's talking to dr gordon dr gordon about how these kids are in danger and she is suggesting that they give these teens like you mentioned earlier the hypnosil and yeah I found out too after I looked i did i didn't really look it up but then i went back and looked it up because i was like well let me see what the fuck it is it's to make them stop having And Nancy is really pressing him on this because she went through the same thing and she does know that they are an actual real physical danger. Like this isn't a joke, but Dr. Gordon is like, no, like I just don't think that he realized at this point, these kids are going to be, you know, dying. And I think yeah. it was like experimental drug. Like, should we be giving this to 16, 17 year olds? Probably not. I think this was probably the, the only point that Dr. Gordon was actually a good doctor throughout the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> he had a point where he went, actually, no, we shouldn't give them an experimental drug. That's a bad idea. And that's probably the only good decision he made. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, he sort of redeems himself later on a little bit. But, yeah, it's yeah. just like everybody has, like, such a fucked up um, protocol in the way that they handle things. But... So we get to the next scene where, where we are in Philip's room. And if you remember at the beginning, he makes these like little puppets. Like it's pretty cool. Like these little, little puppets and stuff. Well, he's asleep and you see on the wall that one of them kind of transforms, comes to life and it's fucking Freddy. And Freddy appears to be in front of his bed. And he starts to like, because Philip cannot move at this point, which is what takes me into the sleep paralysis thing. He's dreaming, but his eyes are open. And yeah. you see that Freddy slices his arms and his legs and basically pulls out these tendons, like almost like strings, like you would a, like a little puppet, causing him to sleepwalk. But I think he has Will in the room with him. Will's just kind of like, you know, like, what are you doing? And you can't, now Will cannot see that he's being pulled by his fucking insides. And, uh, you know, he's walking around, like walking past the nurse's station. Nobody's fucking seeing him because he's in a dream. So he just disappears through the door. Well, Joey happens to be looking out the window. He sees Philip, And it's like, oh my God, like he, they got to try to help him because they see that he's at the very top of this like fucking window. Like he's going to jump or something's going to happen. Well, Joey can't talk. 
we know that yet. I mean, we know that now, like he cannot talk yet. So he's like running through the halls, trying to get everybody to, to wake up, to help him. Yeah. And um, Will is yelling for Philip to get away. Like everybody is like, get away from the window. And Joey starts to wake everyone up, like I said. And these teens, they all get together. They're all fucking like, oh my God, somebody help him. Well, you see this like kind of silly little image. I say silly because of like the way it was, the way that they did it. But Freddy yeah. is like this big Freddy above the building. Like he's taller than the fucking building, which has to be, I don't even know how many stories high it was. But uh, it, it was high. <laughs> it was very high. Well, guess what? This takes us to our first kill scene. Because he cuts those strings, causing Philip to fall from the top floor, and he went bye bye bye, and that was no strings attached, and that was supposed to be an instinct <laughs> reference, and that was awful. <laughs> I'm so mean. I like Philip. I'm sorry, but he had to go. Like that's it. This is what happens when you go night night. Yeah, but, but but not really. Like don't be afraid to go to sleep because we know that Freddy isn't real and he won't get you. So that's a sad. You know, fuck, that's our first kill scene. Well, the kids are all in their little therapy group. And they know, like the rest of them know, that this was not a sleepwalking accident. It's or like or a suicide because Dr. Elizabeth is, she has her own theories. You know, she just wants to sedate them and keep them in the room. That was like her whole thing. Oh, no, it's just yeah. sedated. It, is this where we get the group therapy thing that's kind of like the worst group therapy ever where they're calling um uh oh god what was the guy who, fought, who jumped off the roof got pulled off the roof by freddie what was his name uh philip yeah the, so this is where they're all going yeah he was weak he couldn't fight it off and, yeah. and even the doctor even dr gordon's going yeah well we know suicides are cowards way out and i'm like what the fuck what Dude. are you all saying this is so not true that's what I'm saying. Like, they basically downplayed everything, or they always had excuses for why these bad things were happening. Nobody yeah. had the mentality to look outside the realm of reality. Like, know that something's, you know, like I said, is happening. Of course, Dr. Gordon being kind of a dumbass, and Dr. Elizabeth is just like, oh, we just need to, you know, fuck this. We need to keep him in our rooms. And when she mentions that, Again, my favorite, Kincaid, is like, fuck you. Like, he tells her. He's like, ain't nobody going to keep me to sleep. Like, of course. And, of course, I don't know if they take him off or get him out of there. But I don't blame him for being like that because she is a bitch. Well, we have Dr. Gordon uh, lets Dr. Elizabeth know. At this point, it's like he just changed his mind really fucking quick, right? He wants to give yeah. the kids the hypnosil. Because I guess Nancy finally wore him down. I don't remember. Uh, I kind of, I kind of got that he wants to give the kids hypnosil so he can yeah. get in Nancy's pants. That's kind of where I got to. <laughs> oh <laughs> it's, God! It's, all husbands Perhaps. and boyfriends do this at some point where we'll go, yeah, that's fine, because we know, <laughs> we know there may be a reward at the end of doing that. Well, hey, happy wife, happy life, right? It's very that's, true. That's what they fucking say. You better believe that shit's true in my house. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, obviously, yes, he does have a change of heart. He's trying to convince her that, like, we need to do this. It will, like, I guess keep the kids out of danger. Well, Kincaid, they did put him in the quiet room, which is basically just like this. I would lose my fucking shit if I were in that room. 
Like, you are not putting me in a fucking padded room, kiss my ass, kiss his ass. I do not think so. And he's kind of uh, singing. I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in for that room. I Put put me in that room for a, a couple of, well, a good four hours. Just give me a pillow and a oh, cover. God. And I'm, I'm happily having a nap in there. Oh, not me. I need to talk <laughs> to people. I cannot. <laughs> I will go crazy. Like, even when I'm at home by myself, which I am most of the time because my kids go to school and, and I'm kind of a stay-at-home mom, so to speak. And I'll be sitting at home and I'm like, turn. I'm like, oh, there ain't nobody to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, watch TV or I watch like a bunch of true crime docs because that's what I've been into lately. Other than watching horror films to do podcasts on, I've just been watching tons of true crime shit. And that should be scaring me more so. Well, because it's true. Like these are real stories of things that have happened. And I'm like, man, you can't trust nobody. And I even asked my spouse, I'll go, have you been thinking about murdering me? Because I know <laughs> the signs I'm watching. <laughs> it's so funny like we have like the weirdest conversations he's like oh my god no and i'm like hmm i'm watching for those fucking red flags don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> i think we all get there when you've been married for a long time or been with the same person for a long time you're like have i thought about killing that person in my mind but like are they really gonna kill me hmm <laughs> i don't really know i hope to god not <laughs> so if i ever go missing just put my face all the way from the UK, just put my face on a wine bottle. Somebody will find me. Don't put yeah. it on a milk carton. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we know that, like I said, Kincaid, he's all locked up. Well, Max comes back in to check on Jennifer. This is another one of my most favorite scenes in the whole movie. So Max is coming in to check on Jennifer, who is watching TV, I guess, in their little TV room. Because, you know, she wants to be an actress. And she kind of pleads with Max to let her stay up because she is dealing with the death of Philip. She's upset. Yeah. Obviously, she's having a hard time. And so he lets her. It's like, okay, fuck, you know, I didn't see you in here. So this scene where you have this sleazeball kind of fucking orderly who is talking to Taryn and trying to entice her to do drugs. Well, we do. I think you find out or you know that she was a former drug addict. And it's like, there's no hope with dope motherfucker. And he is such a fucking gross. It's like, leave her alone. Like, he's like yeah. basically telling her, oh, come here if you want to get fucked up. Uh, and I, was really, I was really disappointed as well because I was kind of waiting for, for him to get his comeuppance and he never did. And it really, oh. it really annoyed me. That Freddie should have got him a hundred percent, or or one of the kids. Someone should have killed that sleazy, horrible man. Yeah, he was disgusting. And you see, he's only in the movie like two times that I remember when he's talking to the nurse, like fucking yeah. around with her, and then he's trying to fuck around with Taryn because, like I said, he's just doing the shit because he knows she's vulnerable, and it'd be really easy to, um, you know, to get her to do something. Well, we get back to Jennifer. My favorite part's coming up. I'm excited. And you see that she's <laughs> nodding off, okay? Because she's, I mean, they're all fucking tired. Well, she lights this, like, cigarette butt. And takes, once she lights it, she takes the top of it, burns the top of her hand with it. It's like, she's got to stay awake. I get that. A little extreme, but she does. Well, as she's flipping the channel, she lands on this, like, talk show with Zsa, Zsa Gabor on it. Um I don't know if you know who Zsa Zsa Gabor is. I know oh. who she is, but like 
I'm stunned how they managed to get her to be in this movie. She's so uppity. That's my word for it, uppity. (laughs) (laughs) She she is. And I can't imagine what the conversation would have been to convince her to do that sort of minute and a half scene. It must have been such a bizarre conversation. Yeah, it's so weird. Such a hard sell as well, because it's it's not kind of her... It's not kind of her ballpark, this this type yeah. of movie. Yeah. No, absolutely not, okay? Like, this is not for her. But apparently they got her, and she's talking to the host of this uh, talk show, and I think she kind of tells him, like, what it takes to be a great actor, so he asks her some questions. Well, Jennifer, again, is starting to fall asleep, and you see that it's fucking Freddy on the TV because that's what he does. He plays into everything. Well, Jennifer walks up to the TV and it's like, it's all staticky and just like, what the fuck is going on? And this literally, we're getting into the next kill scene. It's one of my favorites. Okay. The TV turns into this like channel surfing Freddy with these mechanical arms, grabs Jennifer and he tells her, welcome to primetime, bitch. Love Uh it. And then jam their head into the TV as hard as it's such a good kill. It's Uh, so fantastic. I love it. I don't know what it is about it. It's just like they took the, like having an inventive kill, not just like stabbing somebody. Okay. Which is why I sort of have an issue with the Halloween franchise. Don't want to talk shit about Michael Myers. And that's not what this podcast is about. But it leads me back to that because I just recently did a podcast on one of the movies. Um, it's just like, yeah, okay, d- you stab them. You stab them. Yeah. D- d- don't talk shit about Halloween. That Those Halloween fans are fucking crazy. I love them, okay. but they scare me. Come they scare me. me a lot. I'm in Louisiana. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, thing. Like, I'm not in to talk shit about it. It's just on a tangent the time. But seriously... The Halloween franchise, I get it. I get why people love it. I can totally understand and relate to it. But it doesn't make any sense when you start watching them and the storyline. I That's what gets me is that the storyline changes it too much. They throw these things at you and you're like, wait a minute. I thought this was what was this. That now this is this. But Jamie, what? Like, It's just it's too much. Anyway. If you listen to my other podcast, you'll hear. But anyway, so now we know <laughs> Jennifer is D.E.D. dead, okay? And they have, I guess they have a funeral for her, and that they actually did that. And Dr. Gordon is approached by this nun, who's an all-white, Sister Mary Helen. Well, she tells him that only one thing can save the children, and that's to put the undead spirit to rest. Well, okay. We know that. He doesn't know having these visions like why she would i thought nuns wore black but we know why she has all white on um so nancy approaches um nancy approaches him and of course mary helen disappears all right so nancy's kind of talking to dr gordon and um they get back to nancy's place i guess she invited him over i don't think this is fast for me i'm like damn okay well he is talking with nancy about how he isn't doing the best he could do for these kids because they're dying. Like we've already had yeah. two of them die. Well, Nancy tells him that he's just running from the truth and he needs to put aside what he has learned and trust her because we know Nancy is just trying to help them. And Dr. Gordon is slowly 
But surely, I think realizing like, okay, Nancy's not crazy. She's literally trying to get me to save these children. Yeah. It's like, you can't just, going to therapy isn't going to help. Freddie doesn't give a fuck about that. No, <laughs> no you, you can't therapy Freddie away. Mm-mm. But that takes us right back to their, uh, they have another group therapy session. And Nancy is telling these kids that she knows who's trying to kill them. All right. He wears, uh, a, br- uh, he wears a dirty yeah. brown hat, has sharp razors on his hands. So it's like Nancy knows. Like nobody's listening, but like y'all just ask Nancy. Yeah. And I love this therapy scene, this therapy scene, because this is kind of like the Nancy knows, they all know. Let's make a plan to, so we yep. don't all die. Exactly. And that was the whole point. Nancy was there to help them defeat Freddie. And she ends up telling them about the horrible events that happened to her. But they do blame the parents on this because they were, you know, were the ones that like burned him alive in his boiler room because they knew we don't want to. I don't really want to get into like certain aspects just because it does kind of like not tell you certain things in the first one. But then if you watch the remake of the original, then you find out that there's a more of a reason why they burned him alive, not because he just killed children, but because of other things. He was a pedophile. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a hundred percent behind the the vigilante justice there. And yeah, Yeah. burn him, burn him. Yeah. Burn him up. Yeah, because they they weren't going to get him. They weren't going to catch him, I don't think, otherwise. It was like the parents had to take their revenge, like, to to avenge these children dying. So this group of kids, though, in Dream Warriors, they are the last of the Elm Street kids. And Kristen is, like, this main key to trying out this experiment that Nancy wants to try out because she has this gift. You know, she can pull things, pull people into her dreams. Well, Nancy asked her to try it out and try to use this. And so they have this whole hypnosis scene. Dr. Gordon is like putting a little pendulum and he's like telling them what to do. You know, you have to relax, keep following the pendulum and they all start to fall asleep. And I look, honestly, I don't need a pendulum. You just give me like three (laughs) glasses of wine. I'll be asleep. Yeah. Is that what you want me to do? (laughs) Like, um, I'll be night night. That's totally fine with me. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm good with that too. Give me three or four beers, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'll, I'll yeah, quite happily go I'll to just, sleep. Uh, me too. Me too. So as he's doing this, you do see that the, the the kids are all nodding off, and um, he counts down, and they do they don't look like they have been completely hypnotized, or have they? All right, Joey, because then it jumps to the next scene, right? You think that they're asleep. And then he, like, counts down, and it's like, oh, shit, it didn't work. Well, then we go to a scene where Joey is, like, he's not even in the group therapy. He's just, like, creeping in the hallways, and he sees the fucking nurse again, okay? And this is another great little scene coming up. She kind of lures him into a room, and she's like, oh, you know, like, I've I've always liked you and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, y'all know some shit's up because she ain't like him. And that's kind of weird because she would be, like, significantly older than him, I would assume. Like, he's a kid. Yeah, she she was uh, in her 30s, maybe. Probably, yeah. I mean, she didn't look bad, but, I mean, yeah, like, she's older. Well, as that's happening, 
Dr. Gordon is messing with this little, and I don't know what the fuck it was. It has the balls at the end. You know what I'm talking about? It's not really like a pendulum, but it was like this um, little thing yeah. where you hit one ball, the rest of the balls go. Yeah, it's it's like an office toy that you'd get in. Yes. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, there you, you drop go. one okay. ball and then the other one goes the other way. They all, it's just, I guess it's relaxing. It would drive me insane. Well, <laughs> he realize he realizes that like they are asleep. Like the hypnosis worked because um, Will is able to stand up. You know, he's wheelchair bound. He he couldn't stand up before, and he is the wizard master in his dreams. Because like <laughs> that's his superpower. <laughs> He's he's Harry Potter of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh my God! Stop it! I'm dying. <laughs> I have never seen the Harry Potter movies. Uh, uh, I, Not I, for I, me. <laughs> I would go out on a limb and say that J.K. Rowling watched Nightmare on Elm Street and went, "That's my main character for my book." It's that. Oh, it's God. so close. <laughs> Is it that? See, I don't think I can get into the Harry Potter movie. They're just so long. And there's so many of them. I'm like, I've never seen them. But like even Lord of the Rings, like I had the hardest time getting through the first one. I was like, this movie's never going to fucking end. Get the ring. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Lord of the Rings. It's like three and a half hours and they move the ring like 12 foot. It's like fucking come on. You need to I go just, to the mountain over there and throw it in the fire. Go do it. Why? Well, why see, are we? Spend it? Yeah, I just don't jump on the bandwagon <laughs> when it comes to things like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or like Game of Thrones. Like, not say anything bad about those shows. I have not watched them, so they might be fantastic. I don't know. I mean, I've seen Lord of the Rings, the first one, but I just I don't get into. I don't really like that um, fantasy sort of uh, theme for a movie. But, anyways. Kristen, as they're in their dream, we're seeing that they, they're starting to bring into their superpower, so to speak. Well, Kristen does like this gymnastic shit. Like she's like, I mean, do all these flippies and he becomes really strong because he crushes this metal chair and Taryn. And this is one of those, crin- it's kind of cringy, but she's like, in her dream, she's beautiful and bad. <laughs> <laughs> she she out of all of them she has the shittest dream power ever i she, know her, her dream power is to be clad in leather with a mohawk and a flick knife it's the shittest dream power like okay she's beautiful and bad but i mean like you said you see her with the mohawk and all this like leather on and it's like edward scissorhands had a baby with elvira <laughs> what is happening like Get a better, come on, what are you actually going to be able to do? You're, you're, I don't wear leather. I mean, I have pleather, but I don't wear, like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I think they kind of sold her short on that. But uh, we get back to Jimmy, who is being seduced by this nurse. And we get our first little, well, I think we get our only, actually, booby scene, okay? You get some boobies. And I said her flat 80s pancake ass because I ain't for that kind of ass. I'm sorry. Like, that booty, no. It was but she starts to kiss him. She uses way too much tongue, though. Joey realizes that it's Freddie. Because you have them kissing, and this long, disgusting tongue comes out. And it like straps, it's like 
she kind of like does a spit thing where the uh, tongue like ties his arms up to the bed railing. Well, the mattress or whatever falls from underneath him and it goes right into the pits of hell. And I'm like, uh, okay, this is what you get for fucking around with these hoes. Cause as you see, <laughs> she was, it was Freddie. So you're actually making out with Freddie. Well, the other kids start to realize that Freddie is close. It's like, they all have this sense they know and that he has Joey and the room that they are in, it, it does start to change. And sort of turns into just kind of place. The doors open and it's Dr. Elizabeth. Because, of course, you know, she's fucking ruining everything. Well, she sees that Joey is unresponsive. And all of a sudden, now he's in a coma? Like, he's not in a coma. He's, like, in a dream. But they say that he's in a coma. And, again, Dr. Elizabeth is such a biatch, okay? She brings on, which, okay, you know how we were talking about, like, oh, is Dr. Gordon kind of heading over everything? Is Dr. Elizabeth... No, they have this other man, doctor, like this older man that shows up. He, I think he was the one that was over the hospital because he fires Dr. Gordon. Yeah, I, I kind of, I can't remember who, what his name is. I don't, either, yeah, he, I don't know either. I don't think they said. No, but he's kind of, he's over everyone. And that, that um, yeah. Dr. Sims kind of went and uh, kind of snitched on Gordon, went, I'm not happy he's doing this. It's kind of that whole, like, eh, he's being naughty. And then the, the dad figure comes in and goes, well, you can't do that. You're fired. That's kind of the the vibe. It's awful, horrible. Well, she is because it's almost like, ha, 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 I told you so. Like little fucking tattletale. Like I can't stand that. It's like a little kid that, you know, is being kind of bratty. And you're like, okay, don't tattle. Like, because tattletaling is the pet peeve of mine in children. I always raise my kids not, like, don't tattle like that. If somebody does something to you, you tell me, but don't go, oh, he said it. Like, I fucking hate that shit. Don't <laughs> whine. Don't talk like that. Because it makes you look like a titty baby. I can't stand it. That's what Dr. <laughs> Elizabeth is. She's a fucking titty baby. And she didn't lose her job, so she doesn't give a shit. So then we go to Nancy and Dr. Gordon. Because at this point, with Dr. Gordon being gone, they feel like they can't do shit now, Right. So Dr. Gordon packs his shit up and uh, he's putting it in the back of his trunk. And you see that there's this picture of him with Philip and Jennifer. And it's like, oh, you know, like he tried to do everything he could to save these kids. Well, once he puts his stuff in his trunk, he sees sister Mary Helen again. And um, he got he's like following her, I guess. And they go to this other like building and he takes a rock and he breaks open the door. And he is calling for sister, like he's called her name, and he finds her. And she is telling Dr. Gordon that the place that they're in, the building that they were in, was a purgatory. So that was where they kept the most criminally insane people. Like, that was like, you don't want to be in this place, okay? This is like a really naughty place. Like, this is <laughs> not good at all. But then we get into our backstory. Because I think at some point they bring it back up in the franchise. There was an incident where a young nurse, you know, she was working the ward, got locked inside. And then she's raped by a hundred maniacs, Amanda Kruger. She's the mother of Freddy Krueger. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know if you recall, but I'm not a hundred percent sure 
it's almost like I've seen all these movies so many times that I almost, it's like I forget certain parts in it. But I don't remember when they bring it back up. Maybe part four or five. I, think I know that they bring be... it up again. Yeah, they do. I think it may be part five. And... I think it's part five. That's... Uh... Yeah, and Great. I I quite like the backstory of Freddy. It kind of uh-huh. makes it kind of makes you understand why Freddy was so bad because he was yeah. kind of brought up by someone who probably didn't like him. And it is kind of I kind of get a lot more of why Freddy was like he was in life because of how he he had his start in life. I kind of get it. Well, yeah, because it'd be like you're a bastard child, basically. You, if she was raped by that many men, you have no idea who got you pregnant. You just know that you're being raped by these maniacal, psychotic people. And I get that. I would be the same way. It would fuck you up. Gen- genetically, you're like, you're fucked. Like, this is yeah. your fucking future. You're it. And um, when she ends up telling Gordon that, you know, he was claimed to have been murdered, Freddie. But then they never found the body. Okay. That's fine. Whatever. And she, you know, she's kind of trying to tell him what to do. I think she was kind of trying to, like, let him know, like, you have to find his remains. He needs to be buried. Like, basically find his remains, bury them to get, like, to put his, like, evil soul to rest. Because that's why he would keep coming back. Well, now Nancy's in the hospital room with Joey. She goes to visit him. And he like his chest is shown and she gets this message that you can hear get sliced across Joey's chest saying come and get him bitch like Freddie uh, is so fucking salty like him uh, I swear he <laughs> he, 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 he's so bad and that scene that the special effects for that scene in fact all of the visual effects in this yeah. are really good They're even now good. that the, the cuts appearing in the skin still mm-hmm. holds up it's still as good as anything we'll get now uh, and that's what, I, I love that scene. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I think it's better, to be honest with you, because, like, everything you get now is CGI. It's just garbage. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. It's like, but this was like, let's do some practical effects. Let's make this as realistic as we can. And they did a fantastic job. So after that part happens, she knows something's up. Nancy and Gordon, um, they're talking about where the remains of Freddy could be. Well, she does know one man that knows where they're at and they're going to find him. And we'll get to that in a second. So Kristen, we go back to Kristen. She's having, again, she's so good at being fucking distraught. Like she's having another BF. She's fucking losing her shit. And this is how I compare Dr. Elizabeth. Okay. She's like the equivalent of Sister Jude Martin from American Horror Story. Have you ever seen Asylum, American Horror Story? Yes, I've seen Asylum. Yes. Yes, you're right. She is that character. She's mean. She's almost (laughs) like torturous to these kids. Yeah, but I I don't like her as much as I like Sister Jude. I like Sister Jude more, more than I like her. She's just a bitch through and through. Yeah, she's just an actual bitch, but it's like fucking Jessica Lang is queen. I'm sorry. Oh, she's she's a, incredible. Oh, that fucking series is just Asylum is one of my top favorite. 
uh, seasons from the from the you know from the show, and I just love it so much but, because they could have never picked a better actress, never. Ever. No, Asylum and Coven, Coven as well. She's amazing uh, in that as well. She's so good. She's a hot little piece of ass. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. I had, like, I had this conversation with Lisa. She is. She is. She's really getting on, but she, she is. is still fit as fuck. She really is hot. You know what it is? It's all the alcohol and cigarettes that she's had because she smokes a lot. If you notice in the movie, I mean, in the movie, in the show, like in the first one, Murder House. I, I learned this so um, when I, yeah, so when I um, when I interviewed Naomi Grossman who played Pepper, mm-hmm. um, she gave me a little bit of a, a fact about Jessica Lang. Oh, so God. when they were when they were casting for this and they approached Jessica Lang, Jessica Lang said no. Um, And then they carried on talking and Jessica Lang said she would do it on the condition that they always wrote whatever character she played could smoke. Yep. So she could smoke on set because she still smoked 40 cigarettes a day. Yeah. And she's like probably going to outlive all of us. (laughs) uh, Yeah, 100%. What is she now? She's in her late 70s, -70s? I think. Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she's. Yeah, she's stunning, and she still smokes and drinks like a trooper, and I think that's amazing. <laughs> I do too. It, it has there has to be the secret, something about growing up in that time era, you know, when she was born, and then being, you know, alive still now. It's like obviously something just works for her, but that's super cool that you. And I remember seeing the uh, seeing you post about the episode. I was like, oh my god, Mister Fucking Fancy Pants over here getting real <laughs> fucking people on his show, and I'm over here like. That's cool. It was complete fluke. There, there was no skill involved at all. It was, I was talking to. Who cares? Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, and she was amazing as well, really down to earth. And uh, it, she's now top of my list of people to meet because awesome. the bits you didn't hear on the show, she's so nice. So, so nice. I've never spoken to someone. Uh, all of my interviews I've done, she was the one who's like, is there anything I can do? I'll do anything to help you. I, I, I'm coming to the UK. Do you want to meet for a drink? And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, and my she's like, God. I'd be like, yeah, she, yes. <laughs> I, I was. I was like, 100%. Yes, just let me know when you're here. I'm completely down for whatever. That's amazing. That makes me so jealous, but also so happy for you. That's really cool. Like, it is. To be a new podcaster, uh, regardless of your location, it's, it's just like really cool that you can get somebody so relevant that most people will be like, oh, my God, I know her. Like, I know who that is. Like, it doesn't matter if she was just in that, you know, that one season. It, like, she's still relevant. People know who she is. And that's fucking ace. I just did yeah. a UK thing. Ace. I yeah. know some things. <laughs> I try. I'm trying to keep it rel- relevant. We got the US. Then we got the UK. I'm trying to be fancy. I can't really do a very good English accent, though I can if I'm not recording. It's very funny because I would talk to my daughter like she loved One Direction. Okay, loved them. We went and seen them years and years ago. She was like 11. And the whole time leading up to us going to see them, I would talk in an English accent like to her. And she's like, Mom, stop it. And I was like, you've got to do it now. <laughs> You've built it up too much not to do it now. Oh God, let me see if I can try. 
what would I tell her? Like we would be talking, I'd be like, oh, you wouldn't like that very much now, would you? <laughs> and she'd be like, stop it. I'd be like, oh, would you like a spot of tea a little bit? <laughs> there, there we go. I just made uh, an ass of myself. But it's totally no. what I do. Do you know, you sound very much, when you do an English accent, you sound very much like Helen Bonham Carter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's, that's, that's where I got my accent. inspiration from. That's so fucking crazy that you said that. <laughs> because when I heard her, I was like, that's who I sound like. I'm more of like that... a southern, I don't know, it has like that southern twang to it almost. It's slow. Yeah, that that's, you've nailed it. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I don't know, she, she lives like 50 miles from me. She, oh she's God. relative, she's down in the south, quite not far from where we are, somewhere out in the, the so forest awesome. where, they, where so they have awesome. lots and lots of money. <laughs> well, maybe on another podcast, I'll get into it more. But, you know, we, we got to start. To, we got to finish talking about this maybe. But honestly, it was hilarious. She hated it. And I loved my daughter. But I loved driving her crazy for two weeks because I would not respond to her unless I spoke in that accent. And she would get so mad with me. And then we, of course, like Harry Styles, everybody, every fucking woman with a heartbeat. I don't care what you say. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how old Harry Styles is. We fucking love him. He's a fucking peach. He's great. <laughs> I love him. I don't care. I was excited to see them too. I was like, fuck yes. I know what makes you beautiful. Like, fuck yeah. I was so excited. But I, I quit doing the accent because it did drive her in, insane. And she was kind of pre, pre-teen at that moment. So then, you know, now she's 18. So um, every once in a while, it'll slip up, and she's like, stop. And I'm like, you still live at home. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'll practice on it some more. But anyway, so where did I leave off at? So we have Nancy and Gordon, because at this point, you, you know, I was saying that Nancy was like, I know a guy who would know where the remains are at. Well, Nancy yeah. and Gordon go to this sleazy little bar. She finds her dad. And he's not doing well. Y'all, look, he looked like he is a security guard now because it says that on his shirt, like on his sleeve, that it says security. So obviously he's been demoted. He's just kind of doing like some, um, what I call it, the uh, mall cop, Paul Blart shit. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Like, he's not doing good, okay? And Nancy tells her dad that she needs his help because Freddie is back. Her dad is a drunk. He doesn't really seem to care. He's, he's not having it. And, uh, you know, he's just like, kind of like, whatever. Like, get out of my face. It's over. He, Freddie's dead. Nancy gets up. She's clearly upset. She kind of walks off. Well, Gordon, he gets this page from the hospital. It's Taryn. Taryn is calling him to let him know that Kristen is not safe because they put her in the quiet room. He needs to hurry up because they know that if she falls asleep in there, she's going to be dead. Well, Gordon tells Nancy, look, just go to the hospital, save the kids. It's that easy, I guess. Gordon turns around, and this is where you think he kind of tries to be a badass, because he goes up to her dad, he fucking knocks the table over, and pulls, like, some dirty, hairy shit on him, and it's like, you're going to fucking listen to me. We need to find out where these remains are at. And it's like, he was just having a nice cocktail or a shot of whiskey. Like you just ruined the whole thing, but doesn't matter. He finally did something relevant. He finally did something ballsy though. That was my thing. I was like, finally, you believe Nancy. You see yeah. that these kids are in danger. You're doing something. 
Yeah, he he grew a set. He ruined daydreaming for Nancy's dad, but he grew a set finally. Finally. So as all that's happening, uh, we go back to Kristen and, you know, she's in that quiet room. And, of course, she's doing her best to stay awake. And um, we jump to Gordon and and Nancy's dad, which I never can remember his damn name. I said Nancy's dad and that'll work. They go to this church. (laughs) <laughs> this was the part that was kind of silly to me because I'm like, okay. So Gordon tells him to wait. He goes into the church and he like steals some of the holy water and a cross. But as he's like stealing the cross, he gets caught by the priest and the priest is kind of like, you know, like, what are you doing? And he leaves his driver's license. Like, yeah. um, you're going to need those to keep going. Uh, but uh, It was kind of like, it was almost silly. like a rental. He kind of went, I- I'm going to rent the holy water and the cross. There's my ID. I'll come back and bring it back to you. Right. Like, Jesus, take the will. But anyway, he try- He was trying his best, you know, to try to defeat Freddie. Well, Nancy is back at the hospital. She's talking to Max, and she's basically pleading with him to let her see the kids. Well, he, for one, is pretty stern on it. He doesn't, he's like, no, you know, I have to keep these kids safe. But he does decide to let her in to say her goodbyes. It's like, come on, dude, use your brain. Like she was tricking you. Like she knows what she's doing. So Nancy gets the remaining kids, takes them to therapy and it's time to kick some Freddie's ass because that was the whole point. Like, even if she couldn't get in, she knew that she could say, Hey, we just, I just need to say goodbye to them. And they were running low on time. So it was like, let's get this shit together. Well, and then we jumped to Nancy's dad who brings Gordon to the place where Freddie's remains were buried. And we find out that it's a junkyard. And um, I was like, okay, well, that's probably a clever place to put the remains because nobody's going to be looking for them. But anyway, they um, Nancy has the kids in the therapy room. And she's letting them know, look, this is it. It's now or never. And if you do die in this dream, you die in real life, which we do hear that line later on in the franchise that they do say that but they're all in okay they're they're all in and ken cade says one of my favorite lines let's go kick the motherfuckers ass all over dreamland love it <laughs> love it that's me like i would literally be ken cade that's <sighs> me because he just doesn't give a fuck he's like you know he is the token black guy in in the film and they have a lot of those that happen and you think oh they're going to get killed off because as you know in most horror films they tend to lean that way and do that but he was a beast it was like no we're going to kick you know fucking freddy's ass well it, he was and and his one liners and freddy's one liners i would say kincaid probably delivers just as many as freddy does. in this movie he does. It's great. Like, it's like him and Freddie could have been BFF had Freddie not been trying to actually kill him <laughs> the oh, whole oh, entire yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, him, him and Freddie would have been chilling at the bar if Freddie wasn't intent oh, yeah. on slitting his throat. Right, because Freddie's a badass too. So we get into the hypnosis. Um, you know, and if it works, they'll be able... That was the whole thing. Nancy's like, if this works, they're going to be able to all, tr- you know, transport into the quiet room with Kristen. Of course, it works. Kristen is really happy to see them. But, again, it's short-lived because Freddy's, like, claws start coming through the room. They start ripping the room apart. And Kristen, we have this weird little sequence where she's, like, basically teleported. I said teleported back to her room in her own home. 
and we're getting to another great scene. She's greeted by her mom. And it's sort of just replaying the, the entire part that happened at the beginning. Who tells her the same thing as before? It's time for bed. She does seem a little nicer. You think, oh, okay, well, you know, Kristen's mom's a little nicer. And she tells her mom that she's had this bad dream. Don't leave me. Like, I'm scared, you know. Well, guess what? Freddie knows where the fucking bourbon is because he'll see off with the mom's head. But again, that doesn't subdue her from verbally abusing Kristen and letting no. her know that she can't get any dick because of her. That's no. all it was. Do you remember? Like, she's just like, you ruined everything. Every time I bring uh-uh. a man home. <laughs> Bitch. How you gonna do nothing? Uh-huh. You ain't gonna do nothing. Yeah, I, I, I the mum is so bad. So bad. And even worse in this scene where she's like, I can't bring a man home. It's all your fault. And it's like, fuck, woman. I'm just trying to have a dream. Leave me be. Right. Like, shut the fuck up. You're dead now. D-E-D. You don't have a head. So bye. Well, Kristen is then thrown back into the old house. And she kind of tumbles or falls down these stairs. And um, she starts to yell for Nancy. But she's looking for it. Well, Taryn appears as her bad and beautiful self. And... <laughs> We get into our next, you know, I, this was kind of a, I think this is a very iconic scene because I think a lot of people, there's lots of memes and stuff on it. I think, well, Taryn is in this like nasty, dirty alleyway, kind of looks like a strip you would go down to this nasty bar. Well, behind her, there's a heart that says Taryn and Freddie. Well, she's then approached by this dirty man. He looks kind of homeless, kind of like a drunk. Boom. Freddie appears. And I laugh so hard when she's like, okay, asshole, let's dance. Like, I cannot with her. Her accent changes. You know what I'm saying? Like, she starts talking. <sighs> and then she brings out the, the flick knives and she's doing, like, the I whole switchblade. <laughs> her greaser blades. Like, we're in fucking, uh, what is that fucking movie? Oh, my uh, God. Grease. Grease. Well, Grease uh, or the... Uh, <laughs> Oh, my God. The Outsiders. I was trying to think of it. Jesus. It's like, yeah. was Pony Boy coming? Because, like, what the fuck's happening? You know, yeah. it's like, it's so I, bad. I, I stand by what I said. Her power is so shit. It <laughs> For is a dream shit. power, it's so bad. Get a better, be invisible or something. Like, come on, do something that would trick up Freddy. You're just wearing yeah. leather. Uh, how is none of their dream powers? My dream power is Freddy can't kill me. No, exactly. How, exactly. How, is, how, is that, how is that not their dream power? Well, my dream <laughs> power is I've got a rocket launcher that kills Freddy. I know it'd make a yeah. shit movie, but that would be my dream power. It's still better than just being like, you're just basically a punk yeah. who has these like razor blades that are like an inch long. They're not going to do anything. Okay. So as the scene is happening, they kind of fight back and forth. Well, you see that he tells her like, he knows her weakness, though. That's the thing. Freddie is one. Actually, he's a hundred steps ahead of these kids because he knows her weakness. His fucking razor sharp claws now turn into syringes because he tells her he's got something for her. It's time to get high. Oh, also kill scene because he injects them into these like this part. I remember being a kid watching it and I was like, oh, that's so fucking gross because on her arms, the little like. 
I guess heroin. I don't know what the fuck drug she was taking. I don't do drugs, so I don't really know. But like she had all these like open little mouth holes on her arm. Yeah. And it was like he injected them and he got her high. But she was real high. Like intervention wasn't gonna work for her. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, she's dead. But I remember that the the way they did the like the ma- it made like a weird sound on her arms, and I was like, that is so weird. Yeah, like, it always it was freaked me like out. The, it was like the wounds were trying to. It was all, what I, it made me think of was like sucking lips, like they're trying to suck the yeah the drugs suck in the, the drugs in. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, we know. I know the. The um the, the woman who played Taryn actually had lots of people reach out to her and say that this movie and what happened to her in that scene helped them kick drugs. Well, that's fantastic. Like, seriously, that's fantastic because drugs are bad. There's no hope of dope. You guys should know that if you didn't, if you didn't know, you know, PSA, don't do drugs. That's uh, our PSA. Yeah, yeah, like just drink your wine and don't get crazy on people, but drink your wine at your house. Okay, and you're totally fine because that's what I do. All right. And tonight's going to be a fun night because I'm already pre gaming for the evening. And then I'll be like, oh, my husband will say, hey, do you want to get a drink? And I'll be like, I've already had a bottle, but yeah, let's go. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So after poor Taryn's kill scene, Will is walking down the hall because we get to see each of the remaining teens, like their superpowers, so to speak. Well, Will is walking down the hall and He hears like some weird laugh or some eerie laughter and he sees this wheelchair. Now, of course, Freddie's going to use the wheelchair as a weapon against him. Kind of looks like MTV got a hold of it, like pimp my chair. It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's very silly. It is. You know, it is. It's like 10 times the size of his regular wheelchair. It's like coming at him. It starts to kind of chase him. And then we see Freddie. He appears. But guess what? Will is the wizard. Hmm. <laughs> Chew on that shit, bitch. Yeah, w- Willie Potter. Willie <laughs> Potter. Oh, that's so brilliant. <laughs> that's really good. Oh, my God. Well, of course, you know, Will is transformed into this wizard wearing this cape. Now, I, okay, this is this is one of my, my little gripe about it. They could have made him... <laughs> It almost looked like they just put a cape over his pajamas that he was wearing. So I said, um, okay, that's not a good, you could have made him look. Yeah. They threw a cape over him. Okay. Well, I can wear a cape around the house and shit and start acting like I'm going to kill everybody with telekinesis or some powers, but that's not going to work. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but putting a bad sheet over your shoulders does not make you a wizard. Exactly. That's a fact. Yeah, <laughs> they. I think they skimmed a little bit on that, but that's okay. Of course, it takes us to our next kill scene because you know this isn't an illusion. He's dead. Will dies. Freddie is like, I don't have time for this magic shit. Right? He doesn't have time for this. He's dead. Sorry, Will. I, he never got his last turn on Dungeon and Dra- Dungeons and Dragons. Not my problem. Um, so Kristen and Nancy, they find one another. Because, see, they're the two, like, well, other than Kincaid, but those two are trying to find each other. They do, and they hear a noise. Of course, who do you think it is? It's motherfucking Kincaid busting out the wall like he's the Kool-Aid man, though. Because that, the way he came out of that wall, I was like, hey, hey, hey. Like, what's happening? (laughs) 
Is it like uh, Fat well, Albert or is it the Kool-Aid man? I don't know what's happening. Uh, uh, not only that, that was kind of like, that was the so moment silly. when I made the decision that King Cade was so much like Mr. T. Exactly. He almost burst through that wall and went, I pity the fool who puts a wall in my way. He was kind, <laughs> It was kind of that vibe I got from him. He did so good. And then his, even his outfit, right, with the suspenders. I was like, yeah. dude, that is Mr. T, but like the Wish <laughs> version of Mr. T. Yeah, it was. It was Mr. T from Wish. <laughs> oh, gosh. Poor guy. But you know what? He was a badass, okay? Because we know he's a badass. Well, Kristen gives him a big smooch because she's so excited to see him. Like, her friends, well, she doesn't know. Not everybody has died yet, even though most of them have died. And... As soon as she is, it's like Freddie, okay? Kincaid is calling him a because Kincaid doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, coming, you know, come here, pussy, or whatever he says. He doesn't care. He he is like, I don't give a fuck about anything. Well, then they have this door that appears, and it, I thought this was a little bit cheap. It was a little bit of a cheap shot, but... Once they open the door and they go in, they see that it's leading down to a boiler room. Well, from as soon as they open the door, I'm like, okay, this looks very realistic and it actually looks good. But just kind of that door hanging in that other room. Yeah, just, it, it, it was, was very, a little cheesy. Yeah, a little bit Lion Witch of the Wardrobe. Yes. So <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, okay, well, you know, of course they're going to open the door because why wouldn't you open the door, right? Well, they're trying to, to defeat Freddie. Well, we jump back to Gordon and Paul Blart Mall Cop because they have finally found the spot where Freddie's remains are. And the whole time he's like, oh, they were just buried in an old car in the hood. Like, that's a, I don't, I don't know. That's a weird spot to put fucking serial killer's remains at, but that's where he put them. Well, you see, Gordon is trying to pry it open. And of course, Nancy's dad tries to leave. But Gordon's like, uh, no, fuck you, bitch. Like, he has the keys. Because I think he wanted Nancy's dad to be able to, you know, like, take on this uh, entity with him, basically. It's like, no, you're not going to leave. You're not just going to get out of this again. And because yeah, I think you, you he knew Nancy had all these issues. Yes, exactly. Like, step up. Like, don't be fucking away. We have Nancy, Kristen, and Kincaid who are making their way into this boy. You know, they they went downstairs and they see Joey. Joey is still strapped like he's strapped on top of a bed. Well, Freddie comes out to torture Joey. He starts kind of cutting at those like tongues that are holding him from falling into the pits of hell. Nancy comes down. She grabs onto Joey because at this point he's already cut the tongues. He's basically about to fall into that pit. Nancy grabs onto his hand and then you know Ken Cade comes in and he tries to help him. Uh he tried his best, but I feel like I love Ken Cade's character, but it did kind of make me laugh that they just made him they wanted to make him like a was he like a badass? Like he had all like I guess he had like super strength. I yeah, he, wasn't he for was sure. super strong and he, he kind of yeah. had that moment with the the pipe, didn't he, where he kind of took yes. the pipe to Freddie like a yep. Knocked him like down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't seem that heavy, though, if you ask me. But that's okay. It's okay. Because that's irrelevant. But he does come in. He's trying to help them. Well, Freddie is like, well, fuck this. He has Kincaid. And 
I think at this point, Nancy has already been able to get Joey out of that pit. She gives Freddie a stab through the gut. Well, we know that doesn't kill him because it kind of like he rips open his reveals in the movie and other uh, sequences of the franchise. And he has a soul in him that keeps him like powerful. Like he knows, there you go. That's what keeps him powerful. Well, he just disappears. Okay. It's like, okay, well, bye. Freddie's gone. Well, Gordon yeah. and dad, they're digging the hole. At this point, Gordon is like, okay, we got to get this shit done. He's digging the hole and they hear a noise. And of course, the whole junkyard comes to life. You have all these uh, cars going on. Uh, the lights are coming on, the fucking honking and all kinds of shit. Well, then we have another funny scene that gave me a little bit of like uh, Evil Dead vibes um, because you, a skeleton. Yes, Army uh, of Darkness, exactly. But it's like, it's not a bag of bones. It's actually a skeleton <laughs> that's like coming out like fighting people like Cobra Kai. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I I really liked this because it was like Army of Darkness. I it was, was like, yeah, go, go Skeleton Freddy. Go, go, go. <laughs> it was so the way that they it might be a little cheesy for some and that's okay but it you know it was fun it also brings us to our next kill scene poor dad nancy's dad is thrown onto a sharp object and he's like pierced through the chest so it's like okay you're done we gotta get rid of you you're gone well the skeleton freddy like i think he knocks dr gordon out he starts to try to bury him well we go back to the kids the rest of the remaining kids, they're in the house. They're trying to escape. Freddie is taunting them. And they you see they're down this hallway. There's all these mirrors that are, like, on the wall. Well, Freddie is grabbing each remaining teen, like, through the, through the mirrors. But not Joey. Joey ends up being our little hero, in a way. Because he gets his voice back. And he lets out this yell. All the glass breaks. And he fucking saves them. Like, is that all it took? Joey. <laughs> Joey. You've been keeping quiet. Like fucking uh, Jamie Lloyd from Halloween 5. Sorry, I said what I said. I said what I said. <laughs> I said what I said, okay? It's the truth. She was a fucking mute in that one. Anyway, it's like that's all it took, right? They're thinking, oh my God, we like have defeated him. They're saved, right? Nancy thinks that Freddie is gone. Well, they all get happy. They're like, yes. Well, then you see her dad. <laughs> this was a goofy part. And I don't know if you thought it was a goofy part, but like fucking Jesus Jones, her dad like appears. Cause like, I guess he like was supposed to have gone to heaven. Well, it's her dad. He shows up like he's crossed over. And I'm like, they ain't her dad. They ain't her dad. You stupid. Like don't hug him. That's not your dad. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't was, get it. I, I, I was the same. It's so silly, right? Because you're like, oh, okay, I went to heaven. Like, no, you didn't. Well, he tells <laughs> Nancy that he's sorry, right? And that he loves her. Again, it ain't her daddy. It's fucking Freddy. So he takes his glove, stabs Nancy right into the stomach. Not quite yet kills him. Uh, because, you know, she doesn't die right then. But it's so sad because it's like, you're stupid. You went to this guy who you thought was your dad. It's not. But Nancy does come back and give Freddie a taste of his own medicine, 
right? Because she, you're thinking like, oh, well, he just killed Nancy. Not quite. He didn't kill her, okay? He did not because she comes back and fucking jabs the uh, glove into, I think it was his stomach, right? Or she like yeah. stabs it into his chest or something. Well, as this is going on, we jump again to Gordon burying the remains. He's burying these remains of Freddie. And he's saying a prayer and throwing the holy water on them. Okay. Um, so this just destroyed Freddie. I, I, this is my thing. I didn't really get the whole religious aspect, aspect need, needing to be in it. Cause I was like, well, he's not, okay. He's not like a, a demon. This isn't like the exorcist. So you're using the holy water and saying the Lord's prayer or whatever. That's fine. But it's like, that's all it took to put Freddie back in hell. I guess I yeah. was a little lost on that concept. Yeah, I was kind of a bit like, oh, you're not really. No. Uh, I, I kind of wanted that. That would probably be the only disappointment I have in this is mm -hmm. how easily they killed Freddie. I wanted it to be, yeah, more of a fight. They put this team of dream warriors with their incredibly shit powers together to fight Freddie, and Freddie kind of picked most of them off, and then he got. He got fucked over by a, a rented cross and a bit of rented holy water. Yes, I know. It was just, I, I just think that whole like uh, plot line of it was just a little silly. But this this does destroy Freddie. Okay, but then we find out that Nancy dies. Okay, she's ded. Sad, sad kill scene. All right, she dies in Kristen's arms because. I mean, she did what she came to do. She did save, she saved most of the kids. Um, yeah. You know, she didn't save all of them, but she saved them. She dies. They end up having a funeral for Nancy. And again, as the funeral is going on, Gordon sees Sister Mary Helen. He goes kind of after her, takes them to a tombstone that has the name Amanda Kruger on it. So we find out that, yes, this nun was Freddie's mother that she was basically, I guess, trying to not basically, she was trying to like tell him how to defeat Freddie because she knew he was yeah. evil. I right, like, yeah. Did you fat. notice with the nun? Did you notice that she looks very similar to the nun from the conjuring? I noticed that. Yes, I did actually notice that. And I was like, what the fuck? My only thing is that she wore all white, but I think that was to symbolize that maybe she was holy. Like, it wasn't, like, a sinister-type nun. Like, she was there to help. Because, you know, yeah. typically they were the, the black and white or whatever. Um, she does uh, bear quite a resemblance, though. Well, but, again, we find out it's Freddie's mother. Okay? Gordon, now the funeral's over, Gordon is, like, laying in bed asleep or trying to go to sleep. He has his model of the house. It's like he took the model of the house. I don't know where in the fuck he got it. But you see the lights come on inside of it, and Scott Finn. That's it. That's the end of the movie because yeah. that's how it ends. It's just like that, there you go. Light, lights on, and we know Freddie's coming back for number four. He is coming. I like number four too. So so do I. I I like it a lot. But one of my favorite parts of the ending, <laughs> and I'm not even gonna lie, is as the ending credits are going up. We hear this badass song by Dawkins, Dream Warriors. Dude, <laughs> seriously, it's on my playlist. Like, I'm not even joking. It's legit on my playlist. I love it. 
I love that I song. I can't sing it, that high, so I can't do it. But like, no, I can sing it if I hear it playing. But it just cracks me up because I watched um, like a whole documentary on the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Like you can, I think it was on uh, Shudder. It might've been on Shudder actually. And you see that they interview Dawkins and they're like, dude, you sang so high. And the guy is older now. And he's like, how the fuck did I sing that high back then? <laughs> Cause you know, it's eighties <laughs> hair metal shit. So it's fantastic. And I love uh, it. And yeah. Uh, any kind of eighties rock that kind of oh yes early metal i, I it, it's that sort of stuff that you sit in your car and you go dream worry i, I fucking brilliant i'll be like with a dream warriors oh, like, you oh my god you, you were better than so me good definitely. i, I <laughs> was like oh my god i hit it and then you turn the radio down and you're like why did i sound like that like it's so bad <laughs> That's so bad. I'm not a singer, okay? I talk a lot. I talk a lot. I do not sing. It's not in my... Hmm, uh, I don't have that talent. I got... My brother and sister, though, are very musically inclined. I have a brother that plays guitar, self-taught. Uh, my husband's a musician. My sister has, actually has a beautiful singing voice, but I'm over here like, Jesus, you forgot to sprinkle that juice on me. Why you didn't give me that? <laughs> i'm like i guess you gave me like i'm very sarcastic and quick with it so i guess that's that's what you get that's what you get but for me that's a fair deal you got sarcasm and alcohol tolerance what what more do you need i mean really nothing to be honest <laughs> just wait till later like oh my god it's gonna we're gonna have the, i'm gonna have the most fun tonight like i'm gonna be acting crazy but anyways, enough of my craziness for now. We're going to get into the what did we learn section. And as my guest, I want you to go first. And I want you to tell our listeners, what did we learn? Okay. Uh, I think the first thing you learn is Mr. T is not as good without his chain and his mohawks. <laughs> right on. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um. Don't follow creepy kids into the basement when they're on tricycles. Just, just, just don't. Just let them go on their own. Just don't do it. if you're in a dream and there's a creepy kid, leave them alone. Let them do their own thing. That's right. Um, watching horror movies late at night because she was watching Critters. Watching horror movies late at night can lead to your big break on TV, but it might not be the break you want. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> Uh, and my, my last one, if you're ever caught in the dream world with Freddy, dream better powers. Dream anything but being bad and beautiful. Don't dream yourself covered in leather. Dream, no. dream yourself like a machine gun or an impenetrable base that Freddy can't get in that you can Ex sleep in. Just something better than a dodgy flick knife and some studded leather. Yeah, we're not in the YMCA, guys. Okay, so like, <laughs> young man, don't don't do it. Okay, and Scott, thank you for providing those facts. For what did we learn? I have three. I have three, and they're I think they're funny, and, and I think they're good points. Like you're really gonna learn something. Number one, if you dream it, you can be it, and that's including dead. <laughs> Just remember. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you dream of. Number two, 
aspiring to be an actress can literally kill you. <laughs> you don't need to be an actress, right? Like, it's not worth it. And number three, because I did three. If that hot nurse wants you, just make sure she doesn't use too much tongue. <laughs> there you go. Lessons learned. No French kissing. It was, it was way too much tongue. It was way too much. It was like so much that it was enough to tie his hands up with like what's going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, too, that's too much done. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. So this is when we get into after we do the what did we learn? Of course, we talk about, um, I, well, I usually talk about my wine. So I'm going to give a rating of my wine. I'm not going to lie. I've already drank the entire bottle. I literally have like two sips left. But okay, so this wine, it's a light, crisp, you know, white wine. It's really good for the summertime. We're getting into fall, so I, I don't care, though. I don't follow the rules. But I give this a three and a half beautiful and bads out of five because it gets you drunk. Am I as drunk as I could be? No. But for the sake of daytime drinking, I wanted to go with something light and crisp because I didn't want to drink my red because then I, I don't know what would have happened. <laughs> uh, I would have acted a complete dick or an ass. I don't know what would have happened, but that's my rating of the wine. So do you want to give your drink a rating? You can yeah. if you want to. Okay. Yeah. So my, um, my Desperado tequila beer, um, I'm going to give it four razor hands out of five. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's incredibly strong. I'm feeling the, Five that I've drunk while we've been on this that are <laughs> yes. all positioned neatly next to me. Um, I'm person. not. <laughs> I'm not day drinking though. I, I've got an excuse. Yeah. So here it, it's what time are we here? We're we're coming up five past eight. So I, I think it's a respectable yeah. time. I started drinking at six. There you go. So I, That's I, totally fine. But hey, I, I'm I'm down for day drinking too. Quite happy to do it at lunchtime. <laughs> Shit, I love day drinking. That's like one of my favorite things to do. I can't do it during the week because I got to pick up my fucking kids. But other than that, on the weekend, I'm like, I'm boozing, watching my movies. But I go into the rating of the movie now. All right. Movie. Three and a half hypnosis sessions out of five. And let me tell you why I gave it a three and a half and not a four or a five. Real quick. I do love this movie. It is fantastic. Some of the errors, some of the little things I will nitpick. So that's why it got a three and a half out of five versus, you know, a five out of five for me. It is a great watch. I highly recommend for anyone that hasn't seen this, which I would think most of my listeners, your listeners have yeah. probably seen this before. But, you know, we're, we're trying to talk reality of it. I'm not just going to be like, now, if you ask me off the street. I'd be like, oh, okay, probably a five out of five. But, like, really tearing the movie apart, yes, it's going to get a three and a half out of uh, – three and a half stars for me. That's that's my rating. So what is your rating? Uh, I can't tear it apart because I love it so much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want it, and I can literally – I can sit and pick holes and go, that's wrong, that's shit, that's yeah. wrong, that's yeah. shit. And then when I get to the end of the movie – and I get Dokum with Dream Warriors. I go, it's all forgiven. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a four and a half star. Oh, sorry, a four and a half budget Mr. T's out of five. Mm. I love it. I love your rating. It was much more clever than mine. 
That's great. <laughs> that's great. That's why I have, that's why I'm picky about who I have on my show. That is why I'm picky. That's why I don't ask a lot of people to, to come onto my show. I have very particular people that I'm like, they get me. They, they understand me. They like the way that I do my show. It's a lot of talking. That's a lot of talking in my show. It's not the whole, like, let's format it. Let's just say we like this about the movie. All right, then we're done with the movie. No, I mean, we fucking talk a lot. And um, yeah, and I think I'm for me, I'm, I'm really, really pleased you invited me on because I listened to your show and I listened to your show before we started talking. So yeah. I, I like, I'm a fan of your show. I subscribe to your show. So to have I me on, I, I, I'm honored. Thank you so much. Well, thank No, thank you. Actually, the thanks goes to you for even wanting to come on. Like, it's such a big deal for me because I do get, like, when I do this by myself, I'm totally fine. I've got it. I don't need any direction. I just do my thing. But having a guest on, it is a little different because, you know, you're sharing the time with your guests and you want to make sure that you get the point across. You talk about the movie. But I think that we do really well together. We did a great show. I've, you know, been on your show before twice. And yeah, I will yeah, have, I, hey, you're coming back on mine. We're going to talk about that at some point. And um, mm-hmm. just saying, like, fantastic. Death. Well, thank, thank you very much. And, and you're exactly. coming back on mine as well. I've not told you that yet, but I have got you booked <laughs> in season four. <laughs> I'm super excited. I'm super excited. So, again, you guys, this was a, you know, for everybody listening and for Scott, you know, this was a blast. Okay. Um, Scott, I like so many thanks for coming on. Okay. You know, it's like, it's a big deal for me to have somebody come on and I'm selective. Um, you do do your own podcast and I think almost one, I have a few that I need to listen to and you know how that goes because you have other podcasts and you're like, Oh shit, I got to listen to this. But I genuinely enjoy listening to yours. They're fun. Even from the very first one, it doesn't matter. Us starting out. They're great. I love them. I like the style. Thank you very much. The the, the first one I, I listened back to the other day, that that's not good. Don't if no. if you're gonna go and listen to my show, don't listen to the first one. Start like now and then come come along with us from se- season two onwards. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna say something rebuttal Scott for a second. No, totally listen to his first episode. He can't fight <laughs> me because he's in the UK. He can't get to me fast enough. It's totally fine. No, this is the thing. They need to listen to your growth. That is why it's so funny that my first episode ever, it was like not even 30 minutes long. I have so many more plays on that episode and I, and they keep going up. Like I'll check it and I'll be like, well, what the fuck? They're, (laughs) they're constantly going up. That's the thing. Listen to the baby episodes. It's okay. There's a reason why I chose you to come onto my show. Not only um, do you have a fantastic you know, format in the way that you do your show and that you kind of let the audience run your show. Um, you also have really good taste in movie picks when you, when you're able to pick them or, and you love the eighties, like you love the same genre of movies as I do. So that's like super important. Hard to get somebody else on. That's like, Oh, I don't, I only like, like the conjuring and it's like, okay, the conjuring's fine. But let's talk trashy 80s movies because that's what I do. But speaking of that, 
now that I have sat here and ranted on for 10 years, you, I do want you to let everybody know. I want you to talk about yourself for a moment. I want you to let everybody know where they can find you, your podcast. Okay. Um, I, probably the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. Um, I'm at home of Halloween. Uh, from there, there's a link in my bio that will take you to my podcast, or you can search Home of Halloween's You Run podcast. It's a real pain in the ass searching it on. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a really easy way to find it. Go to my Instagram is the best mm-hmm. place to find it. And on the Instagram, you can also get involved in the polls and choose the movies and you can get involved with three word reviews and, and give me loads of shit as well. Cause yeah, yep. that, that, that's kind of what my Instagram's about. So yeah, at home of Halloween and yeah, get involved and, and become part of the show. And yeah, that, that's about it. Okay. And that's fantastic. You guys like listen to Scott. If you don't listen to Scott, fucking listen to me. Okay. Listen to his show. It's fantastic. You do get to run his podcast. He's basically letting you decide what movie he talks about. And that is very generous of a podcaster because as most of us know, we just pick our own movies. Like this is what we want to talk about. So we do it. But Scott has a different stick to his. It's like, no, you get to pick it. You get to, it's almost like you get to podcast without podcasting. And I like that theme. It's a new inventive thing to me. I think it's fun. You don't hear that. Well, I've never heard it on a podcast. I mean, <laughs> typically it's just, hey, we're, we're we're covering this movie. This is what we're doing. And then you just go with the flow of it. But the way that you run your podcast is fine. The way that everybody else runs it, it's super awesome. And um, again, thank you for coming on. And I look, I really hope that everybody gets a kick out of this episode. I'm going to uh, introduce, uh, you know, like, yeah, hey. I, I- I've got a kick out of this episode, even if no one great. else did. I, I absolutely loved it. It's going to be great. I'm telling you, we're going to come back from yeah. more stuff. And so oh, you definitely. guys know, of course. So you guys know where you can find me on Instagram under Wednesday Wine and Horror. You can also send me a friend request on Facebook under Heather Silman. And myself and Scott are available on most major podcast pl- platforms. Um, so just look us up. Take a listen. Until next time. Stay awake, stay boozy, and always stay spooky.